I'm ready when you are. What are we doing with the opening? That's a good question. <laughs> is this a bad puns of machine guns episode or is this We don't have else? another name, so I was like, what do we do? I think we have to. You want to just like do like a rolling start into it? We've basically started now. We could just like do like the, a, tr- the true cold open? Yeah, wow. a, a, just a cold open. Yeah, let's just let's just start then. We've already started, I guess. But hold on though, because are we at least gonna do Yeah, well the let's titles? introduce let's introduce. Because I mean we have to give credit to those that wrote this, etc. Meaning the movie. Yeah. Do you want to do that? I'll do it. All right. So I'm Kevin Keane. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing The Expendables, released by Lionsgate Films on August 13th, 2010. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Eric Roberts, Randy Couture, and Steve Austin with Terry Crews and Mickey Rourke. Written by David Callahan and Sylvester Stallone, directed by Sylvester Stallone. And obviously... Uncredited appearances by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yes. So okay, let's explain what we're doing. We're, so we didn't cover the Expendables, any of the Expendables movies during our normal run. No. And uh, we decided, as a sort of a bridge transition, to our, yeah. yeah, to our mysterious new podcast. <laughs> It'll probably be pretty obvious by context <laughs> what we're going to do, but as a bridge, we're, we're going to do a little mini season of all three Expendables movies, starting yeah. with the first one, obviously. Well, if we're, we're nothing if not uh, thorough and consistent and sequential as well, even though I know, at least for me, I would be far more excited to be speaking about the second one than yeah, this one. We can't just skip to the second one. No, man. I don't think that's, so. That's, that would be weird. Although, it's, it's, I watched them out of order because based on your recommendation... That's right. I was going to ask you because we went and saw Expendables 2 together and I couldn't yeah. remember if you had seen the first one. I hadn't it. at the time and you told me don't bother. So I never <laughs> okay. did until but, doing this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, for some reason I forgot that. No, you told me don't bother and I <laughs> okay. took your advice. I value your opinion. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Despite the fact I, we've diverged a little bit on some episodes, I still value your opinion. I'll be interested to hear your opinion now because, well, first things first, I should point out how sick I am. <laughs> I'm sure if it's not obvious already. We haven't recorded for what, like at least a month. And of course, oh, yeah. today we decided to record. I was fine yesterday. I'll bet I'll be fine tomorrow. <laughs> but today, uh, my voice is a disaster. So well, I'll try. My and, apologies. I'll try and pick you up then. How's that? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel okay. And it's just like, it's you just, just don't sound good. Yeah, I don't sound like myself. When I, when I get I, a head cold, exact same thing. I sound far worse than I actually feel. I actually think I sound better. I oh. like my sick voice. Wow. I got like a, Lou Rawls thing going on. Like Jack Larson from The Simpsons, that smooth Laramie <laughs> exactly. flavor. You'll never find. You know? <laughs> it's a little you know, raspy and deep. It's like, I, I, I wish I sounded like this all the time. Yeah, we'll see if the listeners like this better than your regular <laughs> I episodes. I hope they don't because I can't promise to ever do this again. I'll get sick for every episode of our podcast. <laughs> Mike, we can't record until I feel <laughs> right. sick. Uh, you, you need to be on like a moment's notice. I'm just like going around the office and just like, everyone, please, <laughs> who's sick? I'm just going to hang around you for a while. All right, so yeah, this was actually my first time through the Expendables. Had you? Have, is this one you've watched more than you know once or twice? No, this is the first time I'd watched it since probably 2011 or so. Like, I probably rented it or something. Yeah, um, but I haven't seen it in uh, probably at least six years. At least the concept to me, you know, on paper, this is a, a little bit like our last episode. On paper, this is one that I should have I should have rushed out to see. I don't know why I didn't. I think it got bad re- re- middling reviews. And, Justifiably uh, so, if you ask me. But okay, this might be uh, might be oh, a little we're bit gonna, disagreement here. Uh, man, I think the reaction to this movie at the time was disappointment about it not living up to the promise. Because I remember hearing about this movie for like a year or two before it was coming out, and the promise being Stallone was gonna gather like every yeah. '80s action star he could. 
And, you know, he tried. Obviously, there were some things keeping him from doing that. Arnold was governor. Uh, Wesley Snipes was not allowed to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. The so, little things. Yeah, little things it's that prevented him. Things. I mean, eventually he got everyone he wanted in, the, in two and three. But, yeah. you know, I think this one suffers in that, you know, it's just not quite the all-star cast that you want. No, and I, I think that that maybe is what detracts it a little bit. And I think... And I haven't seen the third one either, so this is because oh. you told me the same thing. You said, don't bother, so I didn't. I think that one's going to be just as bad as I remember. But okay. this one was better than I remember. I'll, I'll, okay. I, I think that what it it has promise in the concept, but I think maybe the, the, the lineup that he was able to get, most of them I wasn't that interested in, and I think maybe that hurts it a little bit. And I think it it's, takes itself a little too serious, and I think we've already established on this, I like movies that, in this genre that are willing to poke fun at themselves a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies that is trying to have it both ways and it's not really, it doesn't work because I agree. I, you know, as much as I love the over the top kind of Saturday morning cartoon violence yeah. that happens at the end of this movie, although, although it's, it's not as good as it could be, but it's pretty good. It's, it's good. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's a well-made action movie, but I agree. There are parts that were taking itself very seriously, but I actually kind of liked those parts much more watching it this time than I did originally because, yeah, I think the first time I just wanted Commando. Yeah, and it's not. And it's not that, yeah. And, I mean, it, it sort of becomes that near the end, but for most of this movie, it's very serious. You know, and a lot of that is Stallone. Like, Stallone tends to take his himself and his movies pretty seriously, I think. But I, the, That's probably fair. You know, I think the fact that he didn't direct two or three is probably why they had such different tones in this one. But I don't know. There are some scenes that are in this movie that are very serious that I actually I enjoyed and I thought were really effective. Okay. They just don't match with the you know, fit with the theme or the the style. It's like when they go to that island, whatever it's called, the the it's a fictional country, right? I mean, yeah. Um, Not Valverde as much no. as I would have loved it to <laughs> have been Valverde. May as well have made it Valverde. Yeah. And they could this could have existed in the same universe as both Commando and Predator, and then you've got three Arnold oh. Schwarzenegger characters who could theoretically bombing around that island at different points in time, right. or maybe the same point in time. Who the, knows? Those are the true Expendables, just a whole team of yes. Arnold characters. But yeah, the scenes on the island feel like a different movie than the scenes in L.A. I have it, by the way. The island of Valena or Valena. I'm not sure. I think it's Valena. Valena. Yeah. All right. There you go. But yeah, I liked the L.A. stuff. The island stuff feels like action movie. Yes. Big bombastic action movie. And the stuff back in L.A. feels like the real world. And it doesn't quite work, but I enjoyed the stuff, the, the more realistic stuff, more than I remembered enjoying from I guess ago. I guess it'll be interesting to know which scenes in particular. I'm not saying, and I don't think it would be fair. I don't think this is a bad movie. I don't dislike it. I, I think it's just more of kind of a letdown kind of disappointment. It's not what I want it to be. Where yeah. I'll say the second one, I really enjoy this. I agree. One. I mean, I really enjoy this. No one's one. declaring anybody man and knife in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> just based on that alone. Yes. But, you know, one of the surprising things, and I, I think maybe on... I don't know if it was our last episode or two episodes ago uh, we had the discussion. I don't really know Jason Statham's, like, career. Yeah. But I, I got to say the things that, like, I've seen him in, I, I kind of like him. So now I've seen him in the Fast and the Furious movies. I, you know, I, I liked him a lot in the second Expendables, which I'd seen, but I liked everybody. So I, it was maybe right. guilt by association, I thought, there. I, he was one of the highlights for me. So I, I think I'm actually a Statham fan, and I didn't realize it. Well, he's much more front and center in this movie than he is in either of the other two, I'll say. Definitely. the. I mean, I haven't seen the third one, but right. you're right. I mean, it re, most of the screen time is him and Stallone in this. Right. Probably more so even him. Like He's kind of 
Well, it's probably, it's probably, it's probably equal, equal, but, but uh, yeah, he's got the whole side, you know, story with Charisma Carpenter. Those right. are some, you know, noteworthy scenes. Uh, and yeah, I think my takeaway from this, the pleasant surprise, is I think I'm going to go watch some Statham movies because I haven't really, and I, I've liked them. In every, now maybe it's in small doses I like them. Yeah, and that could be, but I, I think I'm going to give it a try. I, I'm completely with you. I haven't seen a lot of Statham movies either. I've seen the first Transporter, and that was years ago. What, what year is that from? Like, that's like the '90s, right? I was in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, the latest. it's maybe 2000, yeah. probably around there. And I, I didn't like it at the time, but again, it's almost been 20 years. So yeah, but I wonder if maybe he isn't able to carry a movie himself, but you put him in an ensemble, and yeah, that, and it might be he might be the small dose character or actor who in the the limited scenes you get him he steals the show but you don't want him to have too much and yeah. i'm gonna at least try it out i don't know if i'll do the transport i'll i'll go and try and find one and see if see if i enjoy it i'll probably hate it i just watched uh, uh collateral recently like, oh, a Jamie like Foxx. Six and, months ago, yeah. And uh, Tom Cruise. I forgot it. He had a tiny, tiny role in that movie. I don't remember that at all. He's a guy at the beginning who Tom Cruise, he, they're in like a bus station or a train station or something, and uh, he, they exchange briefcases. Yeah. And then that's the briefcase Tom Cruise has all his like murder yeah, contract stuff in. He's just a guy at the beginning. I don't think he even has a line of dialogue. He just like You're nod, right. nods at Tom Cruise and they exchange briefcases, and then he leaves. It's just like, wow, Jason Statham. Uh, that was after he was like famous, too. I, you know what it's reminding me? The only the Tom Cruise connection, was it Mission Impossible 3 or 4, where, oh, uh, God, what's the actor's name? Josh Holloway, just after Lost. Oh, yeah. That's where he literally, four, I think. Is it 4? Okay. Yeah. It was one of those. I'm like, oh, Josh Holloway. Good. He's doing movie. <laughs> oh, what? He died like the, no, Sorry the spoiler, but that <laughs> movie's been out a long time. It's the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it, and it is at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, oh, poor Josh Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> you get your big break, and they kill you off in the first, like, scene. Yeah, that guy is TV famous. That guy is, I know. was I, never going to be a big movie star. But no, I, I did forget about that. As I remembered, it's been a while since I've seen Collateral, though I own it. Um, it's one of the Michael Manns that I enjoy. I, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, and so maybe you'll correct me if it's held up or not. No, it holds up. I think yeah. I don't like the ending, but yeah, for the most part, it holds up. Yeah. It does look like crap, though. It kind of looks like... I think it was shot on video, and I think that has not aged well. I, I vaguely remember that, and everything with Michael Mann, I'll just leave it at this. I wish he'd edit more, because there's like 20 minutes of heat. That yeah, it, it would just yeah, And Collateral was the same thing I remember. He just... I'm not sure he takes anything out of his movies, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So but, the Expendables. Yeah. So should we get started? You want to yeah. Just, uh, well, my question to you is: Did I? I know we maybe briefly discussed this. Did you do a body count? Because I tried, and it's hard. I did. It was hard. It's very hard. But I did. I mean, I think this episode is more than a bonus episode, but it's not. You know, we're in between podcasts. So, but I think the. This body count will become important later, so I yeah. think it's important to, and to I, keep it. And I was trying to do it, too, but there were a couple. Like, oh, man, I hope Keen's got a better underhandle uh, yeah, on this because it's hard to tell. It took a long time to work my way through. I was just like, pause, <laughs> go back, yeah. wait, did that guy fall before? Hold on. I mean, if you had to predict, because our current champion is 106, <sighs> if you had to predict where this movie falls in terms of body count. Okay, so I'll say this. I, and I didn't get character names other than Barney and, and um, uh, Christmas. But actually, what's Statham's first name? Lee Christmas. Lee, Lee Christmas. Outside of those, I don't have them. I will say the Wrecking Crew, Terry Crews, he probably gives John Matrix a run for his money. <laughs> yeah, in one sequence. Yeah. In one sequence, he probably gives John Matrix a run for his money. I still would predict that it's less. 
than okay. 106. I'll save it until the end. Because I didn't, I didn't actually tally it up. I just tried, and I'm like, I'm going to lean on you because <laughs> yeah. my ac- my count is not accurate enough. No, I, I feel pretty good about my count. I spent some time trying to get an accurate count, but uh, yeah, we'll save it to the end. So it opens up uh, with pirates, no less. Was this before or after Somali pirates were like a big news story for a while? Right? Uh, I, it probably was either around the time or just after, because that's probably how it made it into the script. But I think it was it was probably pretty fresh, and that that yeah. was. A fairly long period of time that that was kind of newsworthy. Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess it did span a couple and of years. I, I, I just saw maybe six months ago Captain Phillips, so I should remember kind of the time period, but I, of course, don't. Yeah, I need to see that. I, have, I still have not seen it. I, I, you know, United 93, Paul, Paul Greengrass, I really like a lot of the stuff he does. and it. I mean, it's it has a tone and... It's a similar feel, but I like it, so I, I enjoyed Captain Phillips. I, that movie has entered the pop culture lexicon because I always hear people quoting "I am the Captain" now. Oh. It's like it's become like a meme, <laughs> like you know, it's, it's like here's looking at you, kid. It's become like one of those mo- movie quotes that everyone. I'm not sure I would put it on the same level as that, but you know, it's a movie quote. I know the quote, and I've never seen the movie. It's I gotcha. like it's entered that much into the, the lexicon, pop culture. Yeah, you know? so I need to see. I it. would not put it up there with "Here's looking at you, kid." However, <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, yeah, so the Expendables are here with $3 million to pay off this, uh, these pirates who've taken a bunch of people hostage. Yeah. You're making a face. Why, I, I why mean, the face? I don't know. It's, I, I guess it's because, to me, this is just setting up that Dolph Lundgren's the wild card. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't care. Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, this, this opening sequence, I think, is pretty underwhelming in the sense that it's not a big action set piece like the second movie has has opened oh, with a great action. Oh, set that piece. opening is one of my favorite openings to a movie. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about the second movie too much. We'll no. do a whole episode on but it. No, this is just kind of it's an open, and they throw a bag of money there, and I don't know. And then he wants five million. Yeah, it's like take the three million, Wait a and then, you know. Yeah, because I, I think the three million was the the requested number. So you can't once you get what you want, you can't then demand more. Well, I think he's upset because it's late or something. It's like now it's five million. <laughs> Large lateness penalty. Yeah, it, it, the the team the Expendables have an elevated position, right? And you know they've got them dead to rights. Like they're here with money, just take it. It's like you know what? I'll cut my losses here. And I mean they're not outnumbered, but it's not like. So, I mean, the Expendables are outnumbered with the elevated position, but it's not like there's 20 to 1 or 30 to 1. It's pretty evenly pretty close. Pretty close to evenly matched. So, you're right. That was very foolish yeah, of a absolutely. Somali pirate. Yeah, it's, it's a weird way to introduce this team. And I agree. Like, the whole thing of they, they kill all these pirates except one, I guess, who was just hanging out abo- up above. You know, he's like, oh, it's good to hang pirates. We get to do our <laughs> dolphin impressions again. <laughs> you know, return of the dolphin impression. And yeah, it's like it's good to hang pirates. They're like, no, how dare you? It's, yeah. this is. Like, I don't understand the shocking logic. Yeah, to, why, to me, can you help me explain to me why do they care? I don't get it. Yeah, they've just killed all these guys, and it's like, why is this so shocking to them? I mean, I guess he does, He also killed the first guy. He's a warning shot, and then he just blows the guy away. I, I, I found that funny. I think I, it's because we, you know, we, thank God we did Kindergarten Cop too, because everything that Dolph said was just making me laugh. So I actually, that's exactly about the only thing that I have from this uh, this sequence that I wanted to note to make sure it was warning shot. Right. <laughs> it was outstanding. Warning shot. 
This cold is giving me the ability to do a much, it, much better. I was going to say person. it is much better, but can I ask you this? It's really not a warning shot if you kill the guy. Well, no, he says, "Whoops, it's too low." Or whatever he said. <laughs> I mean, a shot across the bow is a warning shot. If you shoot the ship itself, that's not a warning oh, shot. I, I think it's implying that he did this on purpose. He's yes. like, warning shot, and then he just shoots the guy and goes, "Whoops," you know. Like he's he just wants to get the shooting started already. He's tired of waiting. Uh, but yeah, they kill all these. these yeah, they, they save the day and the expendable. What what you do learn is that um, you shouldn't hang pirates if you want to be an expendable. That's against the rules. Right. Almost <laughs> anything else seems like it's fair game, but that's against the rules. That's beyond the pale. Yeah. Jet Lee will come up and, and <laughs> lose a fight to you. Yes. You know, <laughs> like and that, I guess eventually Stallone shows up there and pulls a gun on him. But so Jet Lee was basically going to lose two fights to Dolph in this. Well, movie. the second one, it's not. He, he would have win if, if he claims he might. It didn't look like to me like he was winning. That. I agree. I think he lost both those fights. <laughs> yeah. This movie is very uh, unkind to Jet Li. I think Jet Li is cool. I like Jet Li. I mean, I I I haven't seen a ton of his Hong Kong movies, but I see a couple. Once Upon a Time in China is a great movie. Um, it's like it's great. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I took a film appreciation course in college, and it's one of the movies we watched. And it was one of the few where I was like, oh, like an action, like kung fu movie? I'm excited <laughs> yeah, about this. Most of it was just like, you know, <laughs> wild strawberries and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> the Red Balloon. Uh, we did, I've never seen The Red Balloon. Oh, I have. That was not on the, that was not on the criteria, on the, on the syllabus. All right. But, um, yeah, Jet Li is, he, he's like a legit like, wushu master he i was doing some research for this because i knew he really knew like martial arts but i didn't know how how much i guess he won some big like, martial arts tournament when he was 12 wow against like full-grown uh, men you're fighting children we're all <laughs> at the same skill level, level jet lee <laughs> <laughs> no i mean jet lee is a legitimate if he's at 12 years old defeating men then he is legit right he was like considered one of the great martial artists in China and then he retired at age 20 to become a movie star like wow and and this movie just has him lose every fight he's in to Dolph Lundgren I mean Dolph Lundgren actually reading doing research he was a karate master also as it turns out so. I didn't know that every single member of the expendables is a former athlete except for Stallone really yeah. oh I didn't think about that yeah Statham used to be a diver I didn't know that until doing research for this he was a professional diver Terry, Terry Crews obviously Terry Crews played in the NFL yep Randy Kuchar is, was a UFC fighter. Yes. Um, Steve Austin was Steve a... He was a wrestler. I mean, yeah. well, that's athlete. I yeah, no, it, athlete. it absolutely is. Um, who are we forgetting? We said Dolph. Uh, we're forgetting somebody. Well, Jet we Lee. got it right up there. Oh, and, uh, and uh, Mickey Rourke was a boxer. Yep. So, so really, it's just Eric Roberts. That's then. true, Eric. Well, he's not on the team. He's a dog. No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, only Stallone. That's is, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any point other than that. No, <laughs> Just something, well, something I noticed while, while looking up all these guys. Well, it also is interesting. I'm glad to have learned that about Jet Li because then Jet Li's career, it's not identical, but it's a little similar to Arnold's in a way that, you know, he had really established himself in uh, a different field and then decided, no, I'm going to give that up. I want to be an actor. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, all, all these guys, basically, I mean, they, you know, at some point they had to well, make they, a transition from, from the, I guess Dolph Lundgren wasn't, like, famous for being... No, and neither, I don't think Statham, it sounds like, I mean, if we had to no, look it up, that he was a diver. That's true. I guess what my point is, is that both Arnold and Jet Li... At, at, were already famous. Were yeah. famous and had really established themselves, well, granted, in a different art form or whatever, but I, that's that's impressive that... Jet Li has... I had no idea about that in his background. I'm pretty, probably the only movie of his that I've seen was Cradle to Grave. I don't think I saw any of his other American movies. I didn't see any of his Hong Kong movies. You didn't see The One? 
No, I did not. Where there was like a million versions of him or something. No. I forget about it. Oh, I did. I, I did. It was called the the second Matrix movie, and it was Agent Smith. Right? <laughs> it was a different the one. Yeah. You didn't see Lethal Weapon four? He's in Lethal Weapon four. Uh, no, I never saw. I I stopped after oh. Lethal Weapon three. Lethal Weapon four is a bad movie that Jet Li is great in. He's so he's great in that movie. Uh, maybe maybe someday, but I just I was I was done after Lethal Weapon three. I didn't. Oh, I don't blame you. Both three and four are bad. Two, I, the first two though, I I really enjoy. I actually might. That's one of the only other one that I'll ever think about. I don't think I like two better than one, like I do Terminator Two better than the Terminator. But Lethal Weapon Two is the one that I will at least have the thought go through my head. There's a lot that I like in Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, I, I've seen all four movies. I'm not a huge fan of Lethal Weapon of any of them. I mean, that's, the first one's good, but that's okay. I mean, a it's giant fair. giant fan of it. I have all the team's names because we don't get a lot of them, or like they're very tossed off at rare at, at most well it's too bad because they're all stupid <laughs> then i want to hear them all of their names are stupid lee christmas lee christmas is the first one Bar- barney ross is the most normal name yeah. of all of them even though i don't really the name barney doesn't seem like a tough name to me <laughs> it's not tough and do you really see sylvester St- does he look like a barney to you <laughs> no. i mean I think, absolutely not i wonder if stallone even knows about the existence of barney the dinosaur he understands the, the the connotations of the name Barney currently. And had. Barney Gumble? Do you think he knows Barney <laughs> yeah. Gumble? Barney Rubble. Or Barney Rubble. <laughs> I mean, there's no tough Barneys. No, this is the first tough Barney. You've got Lee Christmas. Yeah. Uh, in the long line of cinematic Christmases. <laughs> Christmas Jones. Lloyd and, Christmas. And Lloyd Christmas. Um, Who's your favorite Christmas now that <laughs> we're on the topic? I think I like Lee Christmas. I think he's probably my favorite. I like Christmas. Lee. Probably next is Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. Christmas Do- Jones Dr. goes Dr. the bottom. Of- Jones is just terrible. The nuclear physicist. So terrible. Um, Everything about that movie. Yeah, it's bad. Sorry. Um, okay, Jet Li's name, his character's name is Yin Yang. No, it's not. I swear to you, his name is Yin That's Yang. That's awful. This is Stallone. He loves naming his characters stupid stuff. That is really dumb. Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five. I hated that. <laughs> and uh, Mason Dixon in Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves this. He loves naming his characters stupid things. Right, give me more because <laughs> Yin Yang is really Yin stupid. Yin Yang is really bad. Okay, Dolph Lundgren is Gunnar Jensen, which you, you get a little bit. He's, he, you he's named Jack a couple, a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Randy Kuchar is Toll Road. What? Toll Road. Come on. It's like uh, Brightag's Toll Road from... Uh, Wait. From, yeah, his name is Toll Road. That sounds like a, a G.I. Joe it does. name. Yeah, I mean, honestly, is. that is... I'm, I mean, Roadblock was a name. Toll Road is about the same thing. Can I literally read you my note? I say, I, I wonder if he's related to Roadblock. <laughs> that is in my notes. I like this. See, the thing is, is that people probably think... <laughs> That we actually script this stuff or do so? Absolutely not. And I can tell you, we had no meeting about this whatsoever. And you have that note. <laughs> if this is scripted, we're really bad we're really writers. Bad. Believe me, this is. <laughs> I, I don't think people think that. All right, fair enough. We've just been friends a long time. Yeah, That's but it. I think I may be right. Not scripted, but the fact that maybe we've compared note. There is no note comparison whatsoever. That that I I came up with roadblock here on the fly, and you have it right. in your notes. Yeah, you didn't even table. know his name was Toll Road. No, yeah. I did not. Know his name. Toll is so terrible. Or Toll House you could go with. Okay, moving on. Terry Crews as Hail Caesar. <laughs> are you serious? And these are their names. This is 100% true. And last but not least is Mickey Rourke as Tool. You see the sign, his yeah. Tool's... Uh, but that's it? Tool. Tool. You never get his last name right. I don't hate that one as much. I, I gotta tell you, Toll Road is probably the worst of them all. <laughs> Yin Yang is pretty bad, too. Yin Yang, that's bad. 
I mean, I don't know how questionable it is, like ethnically, if it's like naming your it's, your Asian it's, character Yin Yang. It's, it's probably a little racist. It's a, a, little, a little bit racist. Mm, a little out of bounds, yeah, probably. A little, little bit. This movie seems to indicate that possibly they, they chose their own names. Like these are not their real names. I would. I mean, I can't imagine this. Is, these are their birth names, <laughs> right? Yeah, the given name. I can't imagine anybody name their kid Toll Road. If it's a boy, I'll call him Toll. <laughs> That's a good choice, Mrs. Road. <laughs> yeah, it's because maybe George Costanza was these were the names he threw away that he was trying to save seven toll road. Um, yeah, because Bruce Willis later says like Barney Ross. I, I assume that's not your real name or whatever. He says something like that. Yeah, it seems to indicate that these guys they're mercenaries. They don't want these yeah, real names. Yeah, they don't want whoever that might be family members or whatever. They want to put them in jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Because we were wondering how badly outnumbered they are. I have 21 here. Oh, you've got it higher than me. I had 15, but with a big question mark. So I'm, not, I'm not questioning you, by the way. I'm, we're going with your number. Okay. So there, there's six of them versus 21. So that's No, it's not. That's what I'm saying is it's three not, and a half to one. For, for, for the lead pirate to just assume that he can renegotiate the deal for two million on top of three, we're not talking like an extra 200 grand on three million. He wants another two. But like, what? They're just supposed to leave. Like, okay, well, yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll leave this as a deposit. We'll be back. Wait right here. We'll, we'll get another bag. So they fly back. I feel like they really want to establish this plane as like this iconic vehicle. <laughs> I don't know. They, they don't sell this plane enough. And other than I will say that the action sequence on, on the island with it is is pretty sweet. Other than that, it's like. Eh. And they use it a lot because it certainly comes back up in the second movie. And I just don't, th- it's not Ecto 1 yeah. by any stretch. Or like the Millennium Falcon. I think that's yeah. what they're trying to make it. It's like, oh, this is like this I- the iconic plane. It's like the- and it's not. It's, yeah, I think they don't do enough to really like, make a big deal out of it. No. Because the first time you see it, it's just already in flight. It's like, if there's a moment, they'd be like, ah, there she is. And you know, the music swelled or something like that. But there's not. No, it's just, I, I feel like they could have done more with this plane. Because I think it's a cool idea that these guys have their own plane and their mercenaries and they go wherever they please and they just kind of, you know, fly around the world and take like well, mercenary jobs and they take these mercenary like, jobs. But here's my question. That's a hard, I mean, it's a big plane. How do they, yeah. how does it, how is that covert at all? It seems like you'd be able to find these guys pretty easily. Just stake out the plane and eventually they're going to show up at this giant plane. They draw a conservation logo <laughs> on it. That's how <laughs> Camouflage. Uh, excuse me, I forgot about the camouflage that's on it. <laughs> I, it certainly seems like a Greenpeace vehicle. <laughs> well, you know, they, they say that they like they gather specimens and they find like, <laughs> you know crates full of iguanas and stuff. They need room for that. Yeah, and the the cover is airtight because Lee has a camera. <laughs> I know he's he's the worst at being incognito. <laughs> we're terrible. jumping ahead, but yeah, oh, we're, that's, we're what, that's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I love the fact that their plane has a skull with a raven perched on it, and then to, when they camouflage it, they just cover, they cover the skull with a globe, but they leave the raven. Can I say <laughs> that I think it's during the credits when I saw it. It's either the opening credits or the closing credits. To me, the first thing that came to my mind with that logo with the raven, I didn't see a raven. I saw a bad toupee jumping off the skull. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you pull, if you pull it up, I want to pull it up now. I'm not saying I'm right, but like when I was looking at it, I'm like that kind of looks like a giant toupee, and it, it's something about the, the shape of the raven. That I can kind of picture it, but I want to see it. That's, I want to see this toupee. I wish I would have taken a note. <laughs> We're literally just playing a clip from the end of the movie right now. Was your time. <laughs> <laughs> 
see if it's in here. I, I know. <laughs> oh, it's still got the conservation on it. Where, when does when does it have this? When can we see the skull with the thing perched on it? It might be where where they're flying back, and maybe it's because of the dark. It that that's <laughs> right, the reason yeah. why it's I, just a shape. I yeah, know, I didn't realize they kept that conservation. On the, well, I don't think it's easy to just take those decals off. I guess not. I mean, they didn't want to take the the uh, the raven off. So we spent a lot of money painting that. Nah, you can't see anything. No, there's a bad, bad angle too. After this, we'll go and, we'll go and find it. I can picture. It I don't just, want to bog this down too much, but I'm telling you, there was something about the the, with the legs are like the little pieces that are like hanging on for dear life of the toupee. Yes, something. that's exactly what it looked like <laughs> to me. So anyway, that 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 was a note I have, but it's later on. I just don't remember where. Okay, well, that's funny. If if we find it, we'll, we'll stop again. Yeah. So they head back to uh, tools, or at least Barney does, and Barney, he's got some work for him. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. So is, is Tool, is he like a fence? I, maybe not a fence, because they're not... I, I don't know what it is in the mercenary world where you go and get your assignments from. Yeah, I think, uh, speaking of Heat, he's the John Voights of this world. Well, yeah, that's right. So John Voight is clearly a fence. Right. But I don't know in this world like what that title is. It's some kind of go-between. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he sets up the jobs. So do you think he gets a cut? Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Why else? He's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Well, then he's got the best job of all. He, puts, he has absolutely nothing at risk, and he gets a cut of the proceeds. Oh, I'm sure he, he, he. If things go really bad, I'm sure his neck is in the line too, because he set up the job with Bruce Willis. Later, he's he somehow knows Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis reached out to him because he had a job, and he sent it to the Expendables. So it's like if and when it goes bad, I'm sure the CIA turns out Bruce Willis is in the CIA. I'm sure he's going to come gonna looking wanna, for yeah, Tool. They're okay. going to come looking for Tool. I think. All right. I mean, I, I like this character. It's too bad that he doesn't show up in later very, movies. Yeah, very very little. Yeah. I mean, he's only in, like, three scenes in this movie. Oh, well, yeah. No, I'm sorry, not in the later movies, and he's barely in this movie. Yeah, they, Mickey Rourke seems like he's very difficult to work with. This was during his brief renaissance. This is two years after The Wrestler, and this is the same year as Iron Man 2. So this was b- during the time when everyone thought, like, oh, Mickey Rourke, he's back. <laughs> nope, turns out <laughs> no one wants to work with him. Well, it's not just that. He had Sin City, too. So, I mean, he, I mean, he had I guess that's a, true. a pretty good renaissance. And the thing is, it's too bad if it's true that he is bad to work or hard to work with. Like in the stuff, I I mean, I really enjoy the wrestler. I mean, I like Mickey Rourke in in the stuff in the Renaissance. It's too bad if he's tough to work with. He, I mean, he only has three scenes in this movie, and one of them is brilliant. I think I want to play that scene. All right, if you know the scene I'm talking about. Well, I, there's only three, so I got to <laughs> now. I've got a his mon- one and two chance. His monologue when we get to it. I want to play that monologue. Yeah, so right. I think it's too good a, a for, performance for this movie. For this movie. Yeah. It's incredible. It's an incredible scene, but we're not there yet. Uh, so then, I, I do have a note saying Mickey Rourke comes in looking like a Mickey Rourke cosplayer. <laughs> he's, he's the most. He's the most Mickey Rourke ever. He's right. he's so Mickey Rourke in this to movie. the fact that he no longer is himself. He's somebody trying to right. imitate him. You know, Mickey Rourke. He's like Mickey Rourke squared in this movie. You just he, they've gone full Mickey Rourke. And so, so this is where you get that uh, that he's got he's got some work, and after this is where you get the introduction of the general and uh, Eric Roberts. Yeah, we did skip over uh, Lee's love life, but it really maybe I just I was taking brief notes, so maybe that's, yeah, that's the reason why. That's the first thing that happens after they come back. Oh, he goes to just, the the house with Charisma Carpenter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, snore. Who cares? It's just it's just setting up. The yeah. scene for later. Yeah, it sets that up. And why do you think that that stuff's in there? Look, I don't have a problem with Charisma Carpenter or whatever. What but, else has she been in? I don't, I, uh, so what she was really famous for um, was the TV version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they were really more Angel. She was kind of a recurring 
guest star on Buffy. She wasn't, you know, one of the cast that was always in it. But then in the spinoff show, Angel, that she was one of the main cast members okay. in that. She did some movies and stuff before and kind of after Buffy yeah. and Angel, but that that's what she's known for. I've, I, I've heard the name only because the name Charisma is a yeah, memorable, you, memorable name. How do you forget it? Right. Right. But I never, seen, I don't think I've seen anything. I, I guess just my question, why is this side story in there about Lee? I, I like, as I said, I like Jason Statham, but I just like, why is it in here? I think, you know, that second scene, I think it's supposed to make us like Lee more, but for me, it had the opposite effect. It made me like Lee less. I liked Lee in all the action scenes and all the scenes with Stallone and all that. He seems like a likable character. Well, he seems far. He seems like he's supposed to be the comic relief, and I I understand that it's making him heroic in some people's maybe view, right? In terms of you know him, he's coming to the retribution. Rescue. Yeah, retribution. But the, I mean, it's it's pretty. I think it's pretty gross. Yeah. That second scene where he comes back, we're just talking about it now, because this scene, he just shows up at his girlfriend, I guess, yeah. uh, house, and there's another guy there. And she's like, she's, you're never around, you've been gone for months. Yeah, she's basically moved on, because right. he's inconsistent at best. Yeah, and it's like kind of understandable, especially considering we don't know much about their relationship. I was just yeah. imagining a scenario where, like, he disappears for months at a time. It's like, what if she was intending to break up with him? Then he just disappeared, and she yeah. doesn't know where he is. It's like she's got to like she's got <laughs> she to wait to turn that <laughs> right. key. Yeah, she, she she's not allowed to see anybody else until he comes back. You know, I'm sure I'll bet something like that is what is happening. Yeah, but then yeah, later in the movie where uh, you find out that her new guy is abusive, is abusive, and it's like he's he's like, where is he? And he goes and beats the crap out of him. And we're supposed not to be just like, him, by the way. And yeah, a whole basketball team. <laughs> Can we? You know what? Let's talk about it now, so we can skip it. Then, can I just say, you and I have played in pickup basketball games. We played in games with close friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> you would just back this just, up. just let, I'm going to let you know. We're too old now at this point to really play. If we we'd probably kill ourselves if we really try to play in a five on five like that full oh, court. There's no way. I would make okay. a one trip up the court. <laughs> let me just say, if if some guy with even one one hundredth of the skill. Of Lee Christmas came. Well, you don't know that. You don't. Just some I'm just guy. okay. No, but if I no, because some of those guys on that court saw what he started to do. I'm telling you right now, I am not getting involved. <laughs> you want to so, see? You want to see the beginning of the fight to, t- to see yes. what kind of skill? I'm you're going doing to tell that. you right now. I am not backing you up in that instance. I mean, I am running as fast as I can the opposite way. So don't don't be abusive <laughs> to women is my recommendation if you want me to back you up <laughs> in a fight on a basketball court. I have to say I'm a little insulted. Especially you, because that's you can be insulted. I specifically remember on the Predator 2 episode saying that if a predator was attacking you, I'd come and help you. Okay. Oh, that's a predator. It's another it's an <laughs> alien creature. You just won't even a tough guy you won't help out. I'm now, s- now see, I'm, there's a lot coming out here. Now That's I know where fair. we stand. I'm going to admit I'm a coward. <laughs> okay, fine. At least you're honest. I don't <laughs> remember on that episode if I told you at that point that if I saw a predator, I think I might have said that I wouldn't back you up. I don't know. I know. I, I, know, I said I'd back you up. Well, I'm telling you right now in this in this instance on this basketball court because I had the predator. See, I'm a, here's the thing. You're saying that, but that's a fictional thing. That's not realistically going to happen. I can see some scenario on a basketball court where some guy shows up in his beating the crap out of everybody that you know on that court sure that's more realistic i'm just letting you know i'm probably running the opposite <laughs> it's way. not fantastic because it's so real and yes. something that could potentially happen <laughs> it could happen okay fair enough so that was the main <laughs> thing i in my notes that i had that i wanted to discuss is that if there was a since we had played many pickup basketball games together yeah. i'm not backing you up in that instance. yeah we don't have to worry about it anymore the basketball basketball days are it's, over yes all, all my all my many enemies will never find me <laughs> 
at least on a basketball court. <laughs> but yeah, that that scene later at the basketball court, it's just especially what he tells her afterwards. The whole he he beats those guys up yep. and comes back to her and basically tells her it's her fault for leaving him. Basically puts the blame on her for getting for being hit. a victim. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like you shouldn't have left me or whatever he says. It's just like what what a shitty thing to say. Like yeah, that's fair. And I made me, thought about it. That. Made me dislike the guy. It's just like otherwise. I found him very charming. I agree with you about Jason Statham. Right. It seems like in every other aspect of this movie, and especially even the next one, even though it's more limited screen time, he's supposed to, and maybe comic release not right, maybe you're right, it's charming. He's supposed to be the more charming of all of the the guys on this team. All of his stuff with her takes away from that. Yeah. And almost is like a different character. And there's more of this in two, isn't there? There's something. There's still there, like, Push pull relate. It's been a while since I've seen it, and we'll obviously cover it when we get there. there there's st- that relationship still exists in yeah. the next movie, right? They're engaged or something. I yeah. knew that there's something more to it, but I couldn't remember what. Happened. I think she even has less scenes though, because I think she may only have one scene in that movie where he or she's got two. Yeah, it could be. Well, we'll find out next yeah, episode. Exactly. Which, by the way, will probably not be every two weeks. Just FYI, yeah. this this season we're figuring it out. Yeah, well, they'll go up when they go up. Uh, so yeah, you get the introduction. I don't think there's much in this Eric Roberts introduction. Let me ask you this. I mean, is, is this who you do, who you would have wanted for the bad guy in this movie? Yes, but I don't think he is going far enough. If you had said Eric Roberts is the villain, I'd be like, yeah, I, I like Eric Roberts. I do too. I, he's uh, most recently that I remember is Dark Knight, which I like him in that. He's in tons of stuff. Yeah, I, that's been a while, that's a long time ago now, but still. I guess you're right. <laughs> I mean, that, that's time what, flies. That, that was that came out before Expendables. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it did. Yeah, he's great in Dark Knight. And that character, if he was a little more like that, a little more slimy and just a little more character, I think he would have been great. He's he pretty bland. Very bland. Yeah. He is very bland. He's an evil guy. He's a CIA. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me ask you: better or worse than Dan Hedaya in? <laughs> Commando? Hedaya's so bad. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't do much. Hedaya, Hedaya. He's so bad. I feel man. like I wouldn't say either one is bad. I think Eric Roberts is better than Dan Hedaya. But yeah. Dan Hedaya doesn't have much to do. Neither one of them are giving much to do. No, and and I think that's probably my biggest criticism, not of Eric Roberts, the choice, but it's more of what? Why bring him if it's just going to be a guy? And that's kind of what this villain is it's a guy yeah i agree it's just it's not an interesting villain the idea that he's some like rogue cia operative who you know the cia wants to eliminate him and they can't do it themselves it's just like it's not really clear enough i mean it's obviously they're doing bad things and they're they're you know despots on this island him and that general yeah but it's, i don't know there isn't enough context to really make you feel like you really hate him and really he doesn't interact with our characters very right? very little yeah i mean you need that scene where they meet and you want, you want your heroes to hate the villain, to have, be given a reason to hate the villain yeah, so that you can hate the villain, and that no. doesn't exist here. Steve Austin is really the only one that you get with interaction, and it's fight sequences, basically. Right. There's like almost no dialogue. You need the scene in Die Hard with the Bill Clay. You need that scene. You absolutely do. That's right? why Die Hard is one of the greatest action movies of all time. I mean, it's a better action movie than this, that's for sure. But <laughs> well, just just not even saying <laughs> you're so upset at me for not agreeing with you that it's one of the greatest action movies of all time. It's I great. I don't understand this. I don't understand. <laughs> I like it. Die Hard a lot. Okay, I think there are things about Die Hard. I mean, we'd, we'd have to do a whole episode about Die Hard to really get it's, into wh- why I'm a little lukewarm on Die Hard. Maybe someday we'll do Bruce Willis, and that that will be the one where I'm just furious <laughs> at you. Well, you've been furious at me at times. I will be furious at you. Die Hard is a, a lot of amazing stuff, and it also has a lot of stupid stuff. 
It just does. Okay. We're going to move the, on. The stupid police captain, like, whatever. It is it's just... It just there's a lot of things in that movie that I don't like. Well, you know what? This is a good transition because we're about to get the introduction of Mr. Church. And that's, true. that's true. Perfect timing because it's point. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis as Mr. Church, and uh, he's, he's waiting for one more guy. I, I, lo- I really like, enjoy this intro. <laughs> so you've never you? seen this scene? No. Right? I enjoy this. I enjoyed this intro. I was disappointed really? by this at the time. Oh, wow. I really thought it would be more of a scene... What do you think Arnold's in this movie for 45 seconds? Oh, if that. <laughs> I mean, I really thought he'd have... I, I knew he was, you know, he was governor. He couldn't... From reading about this movie before it came out, and it's like, okay, Arnold shot for a day. It's like, I thought he'd have like a three-minute scene, something. Like, kind of what Mickey Rourke has later. I thought that would be like what Arnold would, yeah. be, would be doing. He just was up like, oh, what's the job? I'm not interested. Give it to this guy. Goodbye. And just, that's it. It's like, this, See, he does almost nothing. You're right. He does almost nothing. But I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Is that... They were able to work him in, get him to do it, and that he literally is thumbing his nose up at Stallone. I think it it somewhat plays off of. Oh yeah, their interaction is fun. Yeah, I, I that's true. I really enjoyed it, and you're right. I, I probably would have enjoyed more of it, but I like it for what it is. Yeah, and his name is Trench, which I guess he, you don't he, really get that in this, but in this in the next in the second one, I I know for a fact you get his name. Is Trench. Oh, do you not get his name? Maybe I just. No, you you may. I don't remember if you get it in this sequence or not, but I, I know it's it's made a big deal in the in the second yeah. one. I just think it's weird. His name is Trench, and then Bruce Willis's name is Church. Like they're very similar names. Although I, I forgot that he just chose his name at random. It's like, oh, we're here in this nice church. Call me Mister Church. He's just, like, <laughs> just something around. He's, he's quite a creative guy. He's the most lazy Kaiser Soze ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Church, I don't know. Mr. Stained Glass. <laughs> Anything he sees. I was going to say something I meant in a bathroom. Mr. Urinal. Whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, uh, just the fact that this is like the Planet Hollywood team. I'm surprised they didn't <sighs> try to shoehorn in a Planet Hollywood joke. That actually, so in a movie that I think was trying to be less of a serious action movie, absolutely, that should have been in there. Right. I didn't even think of that. That's a good connection. The three, it's the three of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yes. And it that joke should have been in there. If not in this one, in two, it should have been in there. That sequence two is at a, the end, yeah. yeah two has a different the, feel to it. That and, sequence at the end of two is like the jokiest sequence oh, in the history of movies. Yes. So they may as well. God, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I know we're to already talking. I got it. I love it. I mean, it. How, how do you work in a plant? These are like two mercenary guys and a know. CIA agent. None of them li- are, are Hollywood guys. <laughs> like, you know, how do you work just the phrase one, Planet Hollywood? Just in? have one of them wearing a disguise that they're like a homeless guy and they got an old ratty Planet Hollywood jacket. I don't know. There's a way to do it. That's true. They can just be wearing the jacket and yes. be like, oh, I went there last week. <laughs> Amazing food, you know? <laughs> Something like that. I didn't think Bruce about Willis should have been the one to do it. I feel yeah. like he's the one who would have been able to play it Yeah, most willing to shill for Planet Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, so anyway. you, you basically here you get the the assignment, which is the assignment is the agency can't can't kill it with one of its own to well one of its own that would acknowledge the fact that basically they are running drugs right handling it through official channels would expose whatever yeah. thing they, whatever operation they had going on there yeah and I think the operation is, is that they're running drugs and supporting a dictator yeah which is interesting you know for a this kind of like a rousing, I mean, it's, it is kind of straddling that line, but for an action movie to kind of, you know, like neither Call. side is really no, no hero. I was going to say, there's no heroes here, right. really. The good guys are working for the CIA to try to cover up their like dirty dealings <laughs> yes. in some Central American country. Yeah. Um, but it, the job is to kill the general, though, right? 
No, no, no. I, to me, the job is to take out Roberts. Roberts is who the primary target is. I think that's their goal, but I think what Bruce Willis actually tells him is, here's the general we want to assassinate the... Cause he, the oh, I, in terms... You're right, you're right. I think they're hoping that in the course of doing that, they're just going to, you know, the Wipe collateral out. damage of it. Collateral damage. <laughs> right. Did you like that he, this guy wants to be president? Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I can take that or leave that. In two, it works much better because that's a jokier movie, whereas this is just like, really? That guy wants to be president? <laughs> He's a mercenary. How's he going to become president? Well, well, of all the times to be... <laughs> as, I was saying it, <laughs> as, I, as I was saying it. If reality up. TV stars can, why can't a mercenary? That's, that's a fair point. But yeah, I, mean, yeah, I would stop for President Trench or the alternative, I suppose. <laughs> president Trench! Is that better or worse than President Kodos? <laughs> I mean, or President Kang? I actually think it was. Don't blame me. I voted for <laughs> Kodos. I, I voted for Barney Ross. <laughs> that would be a hell of a campaign. <laughs> yes, it would. Um, all right. So from here, I think you transition that uh, Gunner. I, I, this is where Gunner gets cut loose, I believe. Yeah. Well, he's it's already a, been cut loose. But he comes back like, oh, you, you got a job. Yeah, you're looking, looking for work. And 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 uh, Barney's telling him like, "Oh, you're using again," which isn't really clearer in the first scene. No, he's, I like, didn't. Some I kind didn't of an addict. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. Meaning in the first scene. Yeah, he just seems like a wild card. Wild like, card. A, like a now I'm in like a heat mindset, but he's like supposed to be like a Wayne girl kind of a guy. He's like he's part of a crew, but he's kind of nuts and yeah. So I well, my analogy was going to be a little bit the 18. He's Murdoch, right? He's the guy you have no idea what he's going to do. You can't trust him. Well, but he's more violent even than well, that. Like he's he's. The, yeah. Nobody in the A-team was really that violent well, no, that's compared to this, but you know what I'm saying. is He's a wild card. You well, don't know what this guy's going to do. Right, but you assume that's just who that guy is, but this scene is yes. just like, oh, he's... he's it's drugs. Up. Yeah, it's drugs. Or it may not be drugs. You know what it might be. Twix. <laughs> it's, it's sort of my thing. And my one vice. This is one vice. You were, really, that, you were just waiting for that, weren't you? I We, we almost blew past it. I had to, I had to play it. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple from kindergarten cup too yeah imagine if there was a pineapple flavored twix he would that's he would really oh, be addicted there's there's nothing he could do to resist that <laughs> just imagine that scene of just like they go to gunner's apartment just twix wrappers everywhere and bill bellamy's <laughs> giving him fatherly <laughs> advice <laughs> right uh and so yeah so gunner's out and then this is what i think then barney after this is when he assembles the rest of the team and lays it out in this weird thing about jet lee and his family yeah this is i guess this is supposed to be the scene where we learn about the team and all that but the way that it's done is so bizarre you got toll road has his ears he's got to explain about his ears (laughs) the cauliflower ears that i just it's like a minute long explanation about what cauliflower ears are i guess because stallone was worried that the audience would be like what's the deal with his ears I, yeah, so what I was going to ask you is, did did you care that we, to the point where you needed most of this, including the cauliflower discussion? I mean, I feel like most people know what cauliflower ear is. Like it, it, the movie is literally explaining what it is. I wrestled in high school, or whatever. He says uh, one of the injuries. Da, da, da. He just goes on and on explaining like the it's like he's the reading, medical definition. I was going to say the WebMD. <laughs> he looked it up on the internet. Let me read it off. Yeah, it's weird, and it doesn't really. I guess his character is that he like. He's into self-help and therapy, and that's why like he's able to stay like level-headed because yeah. of this profession they're all in. And then, yeah, Jet Li wants more money for his family. Yes. And then what else? Uh, I don't. I, that's all. Uh, don't, that, don't we get something on Hail Caesar on Terry Crews? I think there's a little bit of a character moment. I think maybe not. If there was, it wasn't worthy of my notes. 
No, I, I guess, I yeah, had, me too. I had it ain't easy being green and uh, and Jet Li is that actually is a line in the movie, by the way. It ain't easy being green. Who says that? Uh, uh, <laughs> Toll oh. Road. I can't say I can't say that with. <laughs> <laughs> it's his Any name. Authority. That's the character's name. He's in all three of these movies, I'm pretty sure. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll Jet Li keeps going on about his family. Which I guess you're right. Maybe Terry Crews doesn't get it. No. Look, He's Terry just kind of Cru- sitting and listening. He, yeah, but he, he has some of the best stuff in this movie. They save his best stuff for later on. Uh, I mean, the action sequence? Yes. Means? Yeah, okay. He gets one moment to shine for sure. And it's worth every penny. Up to that point, I, I like, would forget he's even in this movie. So. Yeah, I'd say that too. He's forgettable other than when he's not. <laughs> he makes an impact. He saves it for, for later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Barney and Lee are going to scout the island before they <laughs> decide to take <laughs> we, the job. We, we talked about it a little bit. This is some of my favorite stuff because this cover is so awful. <laughs> it's pretty flimsy. <laughs> the name Buddha. <laughs> right. I was so I mean I couldn't stop laughing at that. I mean I don't even understand what the point of that is. First of all, you see their passports and the passports say Lee Christmas and Barney Ross. So what's the point of these cover names? Buddha and Pest. Then Stallone goes, Buddha and Pest. <laughs> I think that's the point so Stallone can say that. Right. It was supposed to be a comedic moment, but it's like why is Lee even Making this, it's, I guess it's just a joke. Lee is just yeah. making a joke. They're not; yeah. those are, these aren't actually their cover names. <laughs> no, I think he's trying to make a bad joke. Okay, I think so too. So yeah, but they're they're arriving in this island using their mercenary <laughs> names. And who knows if these are their real names? But these are the names that they do business under. Like it seems like they'd be easily tracked back. You would to their think business. so. They've got this giant plane that they've arrived in. I mean, they're not. Conspicuous in the least. They're not inconspicuous. I'm yeah. sorry, inconspicuous. <laughs> right, I agree. This phony pretense of this camera. I mean, all of it is absurd. I mean, just the idea that this guy would let them into the country. Just, you know, yeah. Lee Christmas is he's the worst liar. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But they're to take pictures of birds. He's an ornithologist. Yeah, ornithologist. That's right. It's so absurd. Okay. I mean, you would think this government would, you know, you'd think it'd be like North Korea. It's just like, we don't care right. why you're well, here. Yeah, we're not letting anybody you're here. Obviously, everyone, anyone who arrives here is probably a spy. Right. We're going to imprison you. Yeah. You'd think that's what they would do. But no, they let this guy with a camera getting out of this giant plane. Right. No problem. A, a camera with a telephoto lens. It's just like, at least confiscate the camera. Right. Use your cell phone to take pictures of birds. Like, you know, we don't want you taking pictures of our, our fortress um so i want to pause on this scene where they show the the uh passports because i ended up going down an unexpected rabbit hole Ooh, here a silk cozart type rabbit hole i don't think it's that interesting or okay uh, but uh uh it's about it's about uh statham jason statham because there was a tri- piece of trivia on the amazon trivia that said that these passports are stallone's and jason statham's real birth dates okay and i looked up stallone's and that's it's July 6, 1946. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Statham's passport, his character's passport says September 12th, 1972. Exactly. I made that same face. I'm like, that what? doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm like, that, I don't think that's. But the trivia said this is, that's uh, Jason Statham's real birthday. So, okay, I'm going to Google it. Googled it. Everything that I was finding was saying 1967. July 26th, 1967. I know it's only five years. That seems far more plausible. Yes. 1972, this movie was made in 2010, which would put him at 38. Do you think Jason Statham is 38 in this movie? 
No. I no. mean, just the fact, I mean, again, I, I don't know, but we're, I'm born in 79. You might be 78. I'm 79. I, I don't think Statham is only seven years older no, than us. No, definitely not. No. Otherwise, I'm going like, did Statham, was he so vain that he asked the prop department to lie about his birthday? <laughs> and then I Googled it when I go, okay, it's probably just an Amazon just made a mistake, whatever. But then I just decided, you know what? Let me just Google Jason Statham birthday. And I uncovered the fact that I think Jason Statham is that vain. <laughs> and I think he has been lying about his age since he became famous. So I found an article on ScreenRant.com from last year. It's titled 15 Things You Didn't Know About Jason Statham. Okay. It's the most internet title ever. And at, at number 15, his age is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and this, so for all we know, he's older than Stallone. So this is what Screen Rant claims. Right, yeah. I mean, they, I, I know that's not the case. I, but. I, I have a feeling that July 6th, 1967 is his correct birthday. But okay. So this is what ScreenRant.com says. It says, you might be forgiven for thinking that if you use Google to try to figure out how old he is, uh, but Statham's birthday is given as July 26th, 1967 on his locked Wikipedia page. And potentially as a result of this, a slew of other websites also list his, his birth year is 67, blah, blah, blah. However, while the day and month are correct, the year is actually wrong. Statham was born in 1972, putting his age closer to 40 than 50. This has been confirmed by, confirmed by the star in multiple interviews, including with the New York Times. So the only source we have for that date is Jason Statham. Otherwise, everything else, Google, Wikipedia, and IMDb all say 1967. And then I found something from The Sun, the British tabloid The Sun, yeah. from like a month ago, from September of this year. Which celebrities were born on this day? September 12th, 1967, Jason Statham. So basically, to recap, we've got four different birthdays listed. <laughs> Google, Wikipedia, and IMDb say July 26th, 1967. The Sun says September 12th, 1967. Screen Rant says July 26th, 1972. And then Amazon.com slash the Expendables prop department says September 12th, 1972. <laughs> and to top it all off, I found a Facebook post from Jason Statham. <laughs> this is dated September 12th, <coughs> excuse me, September 12th, 2013. Jason Statham's, and this is a verified account, Jason Statham says, Thanks for all the birthday wishes. The real date is the 26th of July. Not sure why that wrong info is still out there. Thanks anyway for the kind wishes. Cheers. <laughs> Which only confirms the date, but not the year. He, did, he pointedly did not <laughs> list the year that he was born. He was just correcting people that July 26th is his birthday. So I think we've confirmed July 26th is his actual birthday. Date, just not the year. But it seems like he's been lying about his age for decades and you know is still kind of trying to be, play it both ways i like that you spent the time and found a facebook post for confirmation <laughs> well the other thing because part of this was like i was thinking like he can't be this vain to lie about his birthday but his facebook page confirmed that he is that vain because it's literally nothing but pictures of himself shirtless <laughs> that's his entire facebook page so I think we've can, we found out that Jason Statham is in fact the type of person who would be vain enough to lie about his age. <laughs> anyway, that was the rabbit hole I went down. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's, his age is a mystery, as Screen Rant said. Well, what's not a mystery apparently is that he likes to see himself shirtless. Apparently, it's literally his every single post. Here I am on the beach. Just like, I don't think there's any. Occasionally there'll be one at like a junket. Here's here I am at the Fast and Furious premiere or whatever. I, what I was going to ask though, here, <laughs> he's, I, he's here I am at an award ceremony shirtless. <laughs> shirtless yeah. 
Not quite, but <laughs> he may as well be. Oh, man. You know what? I don't know. For some reason, I'm starting to like Jason Statham more and more. I find it endearing, actually, that he's been lying about it. It's probably a thing that he started when he was, like, 32 and just, like... And now maybe um, it's one of those things that it's, like, snowballed. Not that he, like, feels bad, but he's, like, now maybe he's just having fun with it. Because it's, like, you know, at one point, maybe it's, like, oh, he felt bad. But it's, like, ah, now I just got to go with it. I wonder, because, yeah, on September 12th, he posted on Facebook saying, oh, this is not my birthday. Sorry, you're all wrong. I wonder if on July 26th, he also says... I don't know where he got this. September 12th is my birthday. I don't know where everyone gets this idea. Oh, if, so I, if I was him, I would do that. I'd just troll everybody. That would be so great. So maybe Screen Rant is correct. His age is a mystery. But I think he was born in 1967. <sighs> That's what Google says, and I trust them. So Budapest are out on their recon mission, and right. this uh, is where we get the introduction to me, which is pretty well telegraphed, that the, this mystery character who's uh, been introduced is, is the general's daughter. I, I don't think this is veiled very well at all. Is it that telegraphed? I don't think I really would have. It seemed that way to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess who else could she be? It wouldn't be that interesting if she was just some random girl who yeah. lived in this island. And the thing is, it's not like they they draw this out for a long period of time, so it's fine. But to me, I'm like, this. why even bother under the guise of having her you know, with the secret meeting and then driving him around in the truck? It was, I don't know, it seemed like a waste. Yeah, and there's also this weird detail about how she wasn't supposed to be their contact. It's just like, oh, my friend was right. hired, and then he was too scared, and so I did it. Yeah. I don't even know why. That, that's the like cover. It's like, why bother? Why not just come out with it right now? Oh, like, you think that's a lie? You think that she was the contact the whole yeah, time? Yeah, I absolutely think so. Yeah. You think Bruce Willis is in contact with her somehow? I don't know about Church being in contact with her or if he has a go-between. My point is I think that was complete BS, that she was always going to be the guide. Because but I, I guess what, the, the recon that they need, she's the only one that can get there with and not – Fear reprisal because she knows that ultimately she'll be safe if they're caught. Oh sure, but I guess I, I didn't. I didn't think about it until just now. But the CIA was propping up this general until one rogue agent kind of took the whole operation over and cut out the CIA. Right? Yeah. So I guess it would make sense that the CIA would then flip and try to like reach out to the resistance and yeah, to effectively probably fund a revolution. Right? right? Okay, That's yeah. what they do. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess that must be <laughs> what come after El Presidente. <laughs> That's right. We are the Cubans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just, I, I guess I didn't really connect those dots as far as like you know, she's the president's daughter, but there. I mean, there isn't really much of a like resistance or any kind of sense of like there's the people are organizing. It's just basically you, it's basically just her, right? I mean, that's the presentation. It, that's the. It's confusing of who really wants him deposed because it doesn't seem like it's anybody other than her. But I guess my point is it's not like the Expendables are coming in and teaming up with the local resistance no. to take – it's just them. Yeah. It's just those six guys doing it themselves. Yes. They're not helping a group. No. You know, it's not like in uh, – what was that? Uh, in uh, Christopher Walken uh, – Oh, McBain. McBain, yeah. No, yeah. it is not like – that's a perfect example. Right. It is not like McBain in the least. They come in and they, we're going to lead the revolutionaries. No, like, no. They, they are the revolutionaries. <laughs> There's nobody else but them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're snooping around, Lee and uh, Barney, and getting photos and stuff. Well, what's the thing about his hat, not losing his hat, by the way, when Lee goes up the hill? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I noticed that too. And was that just another one of those jokes that kind of doesn't land? I wonder if it was a thing. It seems like Lee in these movies is wearing a lot of baseball hats, which I don't think is something. It's, it seems like a particularly American thing. So yeah. I wonder if it was just a thing where Jason Statham was just like, I'm British. We need to justify this is this is Stallone's hat. 
I don't want people to think that I nobody wear a in the baseball UK hat. would be. Yeah, we caught dead wearing a baseball hat. That's probably not actually true. I'm sure baseball caps are common everywhere to one degree or another. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was, it was a weird enough moment that made me wonder what the deal was with it. I agree. It's very strange. But soldiers show up and they they're worse for wear. How many did you get? I had like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, I have nineteen. See, I'm light on all of these. <laughs> it, it, it was tough, so I, I may be double counting, but. It's surprising how how front and center Statham is in this movie because he gets eleven and Stallone only gets eight. I was going to ask I'm you if here. you had a breakdown between all of the Expendables. Do you? We'll get to that at the end. Okay. <laughs> You're going to ask me who I think has the biggest body count. Well, I may be tipping my hand a little bit. All right. <laughs> so I think I already spoiled it. Uh, so from there, th- then they make their way back to the plane, right? Yeah, they're already on the run. So yeah. They've been here for like an hour. Well, they're already being chased. Their away. cover's so terrible. Is it really surprising? <laughs> yeah, I guess. And they just drive up in a truck right to the palace. It's like they don't even they don't even sneak up or anything. They just drive up the road. They're so soldiers. How could, how did they see us coming? I don't understand. <laughs> Driving to the road that leads right to this uh, palace. But this is the sequence. I do like the plane kind of circling back and doing some damage i i think this is one of my favorite act sequences in the movie yeah i liked it too i remember not liking it really the first time i, oh. don't, I don't remember why. i just it is kind of fish in a barrel <laughs> it doesn't oh. seem very sporting I, I will say it's, <laughs> i don't it's, mind it it's so extremely unfair but it's particularly the fuel dump and literally lighting the pier on fire <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's they're really wrecking shop just the two yes. of them and a plane and they're able to take out like a third of this army it's that was funny. do you remember i think the number was they estimated that the army because it's a small island small population so it doesn't take much to like keep the island in line wasn't it like 600 i think they say 3,000 i think oh. 3,000 soldiers okay well they they wrecked a lot of it just on this alone well eric roberts gives a number he says they killed 41 of our men oh. so i was like oh that's that's helpful you're so, right that's not nothing. That's more than 1% of their, <laughs> exactly. their force. They just got wiped out on the pier. Yeah. Before they get in the plane, there's a moment that I really found funny. Okay. Where uh, Sandra, who is the general's daughter. Yes. They're, they're running. and They're like, you need to come with us. And she's like, how could we leave? We got a plane. <laughs> 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 I didn't think about that, but you're right. It is pretty funny. That's really funny. Like, he's so he's so much thinking about the logistics. Like he's, I mean, it fits his character. He's not thinking about ethics or morals. He's just, how can we leave? We've got a plane. That's really funny. He's, I, yeah, a, he's a very literal man. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, this is before he has his awakening. I, I think you know Barney's character arc works pretty well in general. You know, he's a mercenary, and you know, he's just in it for the money and. You know, he kind of decides that there's more, you know, he he wants to fight for a cause and not yeah. just for money. I buy it. And I, I do like that they don't go over the top with his, you know, with his like involvement with Sandra. I, I like that that's kept mostly at a distance. I mean, at the end, they kind of joke. You know, I think we actually played it yeah. when we were looking for this, <laughs> yeah, that she did. wasn't your type. I like that they keep that at a distance. Yeah, I'll bet there was an alternate version where they probably. kiss at the end. Yeah, probably. So, Commando, right? Right, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if they just filmed it both ways and like, let's, let's see what works better. I, I, well, I think the choice, I, I, I like the choice that ultimately, if, if that occurred, that they shot it both ways, I think they made the right choice. Yeah, no, I agree. Before we move on back to L.A., apparently, I was, I was seeing in the behind the scenes, I forget if it was on Amazon or where, but... You know, some of the shots of Jason Statham up in that plane, he was really up in a plane, like in that little nose thing. Really? Some shots you can tell. It's like, he's really up there. Yeah. Like when they blow up all the guys, he turns around and he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really Jason Statham up in a plane. Wow. 
and apparently this this was just a beat up old plane, and apparently it had a fuel leak that no one detected. So they went up, and they were leaking fuel while with him up in that nose, and they almost ran out of fuel and crashed with Jason Statham in it. Oh, like man. they say, like they landed, and they looked, and like, oh, we were like out of fuel. Oh man! So yeah, it's that's pretty crazy. Like he could have very easily died. Died. Wow. But anyway. And then from there is that he Snowden's gonna like I'm I'm telling Church the deal's off that he's he I think he deduces you're right I was wrong that he figures out that the Eric Roberts is really the target and he's like I'm I'm not taking this job this is a bad job yeah that's a weird sequence where all they're all like looking at like a, a footage or like images it's just Stallone and Jet Li and Statham yep it's just like tight close so it's like I agree we we shouldn't take this job just like where are they what are they even looking at. <laughs> just like a weird surreal moment but anyway i just thought it was strange i i agree and from this this is when you pick up back of that basketball game which we already covered so we can skip, skip yeah we definitely skipped that but we, we already covered we it. covered it um oh yeah that's so, so back to the island and eric roberts and the other bad guys they find Sandra's home and there's a moment i find funny where because there's, there's like this indication that the general is kind of trying to he's, he's pushing back a little bit yeah and like Eric Roberts finds Sandra's like whatever papers and sees like that she's been planning against them. And he goes, this is how it starts. Come on, let's go. And then like three seconds go by. And then the general goes, or how it ends. Like he's way too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you missed your moment general. Like, you, your timing is not yeah, there. I just something about that really made me laugh. It's just like, he's, he's way too late. It's just like, it, it almost is like George Costanza. <laughs> You know, jerk store. I was, like, he wanted to go back. He's and, trying to leave on a high note. Or it's how it ends. Like he, you know, it's like chasing. He's chasing after Eric Roberts' joke. Or and uh, it's not after, after his, uh, yeah, after his jeep. Yeah, I meant to say jeep, and it's a joke. <laughs> I'm sick. Uh, and then, so I think is this the Mickey Rourke scene? Then you want you want to cover? Oh, yes, that's what I would have guessed because that's what I've got kind of next in my notes. Yeah, I mean, this is going longer than I think I expected, but let's let's play the scene because I, right. I think I think this is. An incredible scene. Like, literally, I, I can't believe this scene is in this movie because it's like, it's so good. And, you know, testament to Mickey Rourke, and just, I, it's really a shame that he doesn't get any roles anymore because oh, man, it sounds like he's too hard to work shit. with. Maybe. That's, it seems like it. That dried all up like this is going to dry all up. This your paint is going to dry. What's dried up? Hmm. His belief. Just the belief in the soul. Just, I don't know, the human parts, brother. You remember that time we was up in Bosnia? We took down them Serb bad boys. All our guys were getting chopped up all around us. and There was blood everywhere. You can already hear his voice breaking. Out there. I don't know, you, did, you didn't either. Just kind of feeling like dead, too, you know. My head's all very, very black place. I don't believe in shit. Just goddamn Dracula black. Remember, I got this bottle of uh, local shit they have over there. That's still a bit. I don't know what. I think that's what it was called. And I ain't feeling no pain now. And I come up on this. Uh, I come up on this old wooden bridge, and I see this. I see this. I see this woman standing there, you know, and she's. Uh, I stepped out and she saw me, and she's just looking right in, right in my eyes, and I was looking right in her eyes. And I knew what she was gonna do. 
she looked at me, and I knew she was gonna jump. You know what I did, man? I just turned around and I kept walking until I heard that splash. She <sighs> doesn't feel like it fits. <laughs> no, but it's such an incredible After scene. taking all them lives, here was one that. Like, I want to see this movie. I could have saved, but I didn't. And uh, what I realized later on was uh, if I'd have saved that woman, I might have, I don't know, saved what was left of my soul, you know? And that's the thing, it's not even that well written. Like, that's very, un- it's just he's just saying, oh, it could have saved my soul. He's basically just stating the subtext out loud. Yeah. But. God, his performance is so incredible that he's just selling every part of it. And he yeah. looks up and he's been crying the whole time. He, you know, he couldn't really see. But no, um, and it, so it uh, reminds me a little bit. Um, there's a a moment in True Detective season one. It, I mean, I think who's underrated in that? I think Woody Harrelson is underrated in that. I think McConaughey kind of got a lot more of the credit, if you will. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I think Harrelson is really what holds that movie together and makes McConaughey's performance and character work because without him, but there, there's a scene, I think it's in either the third or fourth episode. It's late in the interview, um, you know, with the two detectives that are current day. Right. Uh, cause it's late. Cause they're getting late in the story and it's the way Harrelson delivers it of, um, as his girls, it's the transition from, there's a scene where Marty's thinking back, of his young girls and there's like a princess tiara or whatever. And the older daughter throws it in and it's the way he delivers that, you know, like the best years are, are behind you and you didn't realize it as it's, it's the way yeah. Woody delivers it. Now I remember the scene you're talking and, about. And it, to me, like when I've gone back and watched it again, I think McConaughey's great, but where I think Harrelson is like underrated as an actor, I think Woody Harrelson is a really good actor. Yeah, I agree. Some of it too is I'll admit, look, I'm getting a little bit older and you know, my kids are now growing up and it's something about the way his delivery of, you know, you, you look back and you don't realize that the best years they're already behind you and they, they slip through your, it's, I don't have the, I don't have the scene right, but it's basically that you didn't realize it and the best years were there and you let them slip through your fingers. And it's sort it it's, the vibe and the feel, it's different, but it feels a lot like this. Yeah, you don't get monologues like this very often in movies. You no. get a char- just one actor on screen just giving this monologue, telling the story. You know, And like I said, I don't think it's even that well written, but it's just, he's such a good actor. I mean, I, man, it, it's funny watching this. It, I was thinking about similarities between this character and his character in The Wrestler. Just like, they're both guys who had a particular job that was very strange and violent and, and dangerous and taxing on their souls and, and bodies they, yeah. and, and bodies. And they both got out of it. And then it's like this struggle not to get pulled back in. And I think uh, in this movie, Mickey Rourke's character is a lot more self-aware and knows that like he's, he's able to keep it at arm's length, but you can, like, obviously you can tell like his experiences as a mercenary like, are haunting him. And I think it, l- it lends a lot of gravitas to the rest of this movie. The fact that, this movie in particular, more so than the sequels, does spend some time talking about how, like, you know, because when Gunner kind of goes off the deep end, like, oh, the life got to him, it's going to get to all of us eventually. And it's kind of indicating that these guys are mercenaries and this is, like, really having an impact on their psyche. It's not a cartoon. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I like like that those parts of this movie because I do think it gives it a certain level of gravitas that the sequels don't have. Now, obviously, the sequels are... 
they they make up for it in just like you know crazy amazing nonsense. insanity yeah. yeah you know yeah i do think that expendables 2 is better than this movie but i think there's something to be said about stuff like that scene i think it does heighten to one degree or another there's plenty of over-the-top crazy action sequences yeah. but it, there's still we're, we're almost there yeah and there's, but this this stuff underlies it all and i think it it benefits the movie yeah and another comparison that i should have that you already has i mean it is a little bit of the wrestlers coming through there, and that I think is a great performance. I think he was robbed, to be honest. The, right, of I the, agree. The, the Oscar, he should have won it. I mean, yeah. the, the wrestler is still a movie I'll go back and watch. It's a, it's a really good movie, yeah, and a really great performance. No, it, it, the performance more than anything. Like, yeah. he's so good in that movie, and he's good in everything. Like, that's that's the thing. It's 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 really a shame. But you know, this comes five minutes after Jason Statham roasted twenty people alive and then cheered. <laughs> like, that's really the problem with this movie is the two halves don't quite mesh, but. Yeah. I'm glad this stuff is there. It's all. Yeah. And so from you, you get even more serious because you get some waterboarding here oh, after, right. after that. And that, that I, I mean, I, I understand it does fit with the tone of the movie. That was a little rough. I got to admit. Yeah, that's that's a little much because it felt it felt pretty real. Yeah, it, it's this movie isn't afraid to get pretty brutal in all sorts of ways, you know, in in psychological and in just physical, physical ways. Like, yeah, yeah I, I I don't know if. Uh, I don't mind it being in the movie, but I don't think it needed to go on so long. It's tough to watch. It, it is, and it, it, I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's like three minutes or anything, but it, it was probably at least a minute, if not two, of screen time. Yeah, because the bad guys have caught Sandra and Eric Roberts. Yeah. Is, you know, and uh, part of it is just they wanted to put her in peril so that there's Barney a Ross can come in and save her. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's actually there's, there's a weird parallel between that and the basketball stuff, where it's just like our our heroes are going to go save the girl from you know the dangers that I, they're. I don't like I don't like how brutal it was. I do think you did need something though to maybe not raise the stakes, but to this point there's no real reason to dislike Eric Roberts. Significant I, I think you needed something. I'm not saying that this was the right answer. Right. He shoots a guy at the beginning. That's like the eh. only thing he does. Yeah, but that I don't think that's enough, as terrible as that may sound. I don't think that's enough. Yeah, I agree. Well, and those guys were stealing from their operations. Yeah. So it's like you know, to a certain degree. If you are in the drug world and you're stealing from drug dealers, to a certain extent, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, th- these villains are very, you know, even in the scenes where you, you see the soldiers in this island kind of pushing people around, like, there's the part where, like, there's a truck in the way, like, ah, get out of the way. And they're just, like, pushing people. But they're not, they're just pushing people. Like, it's not, by, by standards of, like, dictators, it's not so bad. You know? No. It's just Steve Austin just barking orders of people, and soldiers are pushing people around. And then, well, I don't want to jump to the body count, but I will say, the body count by villains in this movie is minuscule. I hadn't thought about that. There's the three at the beginning. Eric Roberts kills one thief, and the general kills the other two. And then the villains don't kill anybody until near the end when Eric Roberts shoots. Yeah, I was going to say at the very end with the, the general and then a couple of his soldiers. Uh, but the villains only kill each other. None of our heroes die. No villagers die. There's literally never a point where the vil- uh, villains ever kill anybody oh, good. They, they, Barney should have just let it, them all sort, sort itself <laughs> right. out. Yeah, let uh, Eric Roberts sort him out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's. I agree that these villains aren't villainous, aren't very villainous, despite the fact that they're waterboarding this woman. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they need they did this just for because of that. I just yeah. I don't know if that was the right choice. You know, that kind of torture. But I do think you needed something to build why you weren't going to like this guy because I don't think to this point you really had anything. Yeah, it's just the wrong thing. It's yeah. uncomfortable to watch, but you don't hate the villains for it. You're just kind of like, why did you? And, yeah, choose that. Uh, so Barney now decides he's going on a rescue mission and Jet Li, he, he decides he's coming along. 
Yeah, he, he jumps into his truck and says, I'm coming with you, and then Gunner appears. And Did a, you know that this was like an indestructible truck, by the way, or at least bulletproof? <laughs> I don't think it was. Was there any ever indication that this thing, until this sequence? No, I mean, this, this is where it reveals that he has a bulletproof truck. <laughs> I thought this was absurd. I mean, he's a mercenary. I don't necessarily think it's implausible. So he's got this giant plane, and he's got like a James Bond truck? Yeah, they've got $5 million for that job, just the one job. I'm sure they've got a ton of money. Okay. I think maybe uh, Tool is, he's like his Q. That's why maybe he's called, <laughs> that's maybe why he's called Tools, because he bulletproofed Barney's, uh, Barney's I truck. I do not see Mickey Rourke <laughs> building a bulletproof truck. <laughs> I, I could see it. You know, he's, he's going to smash his guitar after he customizes. He, <sighs> if he can paint a guitar, he can build a bulletproof truck. Well, what's funny about it is this bulletproof truck, and then <laughs> Barney's like, get out in the back. <laughs> hey, Jet Li, <laughs> go in the I back like, where yeah, there's no like benefit. He puts him in peril. Yeah. Why can't know. Jet Lee drive? Why, why, why can't he drive? Because he's smaller. Right. He would fit in the back. That's, what, that's literally what Barney says. I know, but I don't, I don't buy that. You're smaller. Get back there. What do you think about this chase sequence? Don't really like it, other than I like that Gunner Dolph Lundgren just does away with the guy he's driving with. I did enjoy that. All of them. Again, I don't think, I don't think Jet Lee shoots any of them. I think Gunner takes out the entire crew. <laughs> Right, constantly going. Oops! Like this is just his move. He's just like, oh, I accidentally ran that guy off the road. Warning shot. Oops! Like he just loves pretending like he's making mistakes. You know, that's his. That's his thing. Yeah, he's pretending to his be his calling an idiot. card. Yeah, plausible deniability. That's like all. All he wants. I accidentally shot that guy. You know, that's that's all he ever does. So, what do you think about the fight between Jet Li and Dolph? Again, I think, like I said earlier, I think selling it's. it's yeah, it sells Jet Li short. I, yeah. no, no pun intended. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns. No, not anymore. I know. <laughs> we haven't come up with a name, though. No. Um, no, I think the biggest, my biggest disappointment with this fight is the fact that it kind of implies that Jet Li has to take him into a small space in order to even the odds. It's like, why can't they just have an f- equal, fair fight where even if Gunner wins the fight, at least it just seems strange that they feel like they have to justify the height thing. Yeah, but just justify how Jet Li could even compete with him. Like, the movie's implying that the only reason why he held his own, because he took him in that little tiny, like, that space where the ceilings are low. Yeah, he kept banging his head. Dolph kept banging his head. Yeah. That's the part I don't like. Like, you know, I I don't mind him losing a fight. The character, Jet Li's character, Yin Yang, isn't necessarily Jet Li. Like, you know. So dumb. (laughs) You could could argue that Yin Yang isn't the fighter that Jet Li is. It's a character. I don't mind it so much, but it just seems silly, like. Just let him fight. Also, the editing in this movie. It's like Stallone doesn't know how to edit a kung fu fight. It's just cut, 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 cut. It's just I didn't really notice it, but now that you mention it, yeah, yeah it, I can see that. I mean, it's, it's just not really shot in a way to highlight Jet Li's skills. So when Gunner's lying there, can you tell me why does he have to whisper to Stallone? <laughs> yeah, what is he whispering? I don't even know what he whispered. I have, I have no idea. I, I didn't understand that moment at all. He whispered something. You think it's about Twix? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's telling him where his, his secret, his secret stash, stash of Twix are. For sure. In um, case he dies. He doesn't want it to go to waste. Well, uh, at this point, both sides, both Eric Roberts and Barney, Barney at this point is like, who sent you? Who sent you to kill me? It's like, it should be obvious. You know, th- those guys in the island knew who you were. Yeah. They, they, you, you had a big conspicuous plane. You had the, the flimsiest cover ever. Right. So it's just the idea of like, who sent you? Let's just be obvious. And the same thing with Eric Roberts, where it's like, who sent you to kill me? The CIA did. You should know this. You, you're an idiot if you don't know the CIA. You're the worst this. mercenary ever. Yeah. So both sides should know exactly what's going on. And yet both sides are like, who Who could have done this? Stupid. So then this is where you, so now they're, they're going to head over. And 
do you I didn't have the names of what the Terry Crews personified weapons here. Do you, do you have them? I do. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I should, should I'm, take I'm, them out. Omaya Kaboom. It's his girlfriend, Omaya Kaboom. <laughs> That's a more realistic name than Hail Caesar or, or Toll Road. Toll Road. It could have easily, I could see a, a real character in this movie being called Omaya Kaboom. So then I. It's, it's his like grenade or something. Yeah. It's my girlfriend, she packs a punch or whatever. He, he gives some speech about his weaponry. So yeah. I've gotten here that Stallone says it is 336 and they only have 20 minutes to take the place down. When did this ever get established? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. When I, was this ever established? There had to have been a scene that got cut or something. At first, yeah, probably. At first, I thought it was the detonator. Like, they're planting explosives. They're going to blow up this palace. Speaking of explosives, can I just say that is the most... I know that they wanted to really go over the top to establish because they're going to literally destroy a castle. Right. But, I mean, it seems like they're just... Yeah. And no regard to like structural points or any kind of like load bearing. And how many? Just, I, this, this place looks good. They this had wall. to have like a duffel bag full of these things That's with the true. number that they put up. Oh, I mean, this team is. Kind I of, wondered if you counted them because it was <laughs> insane how many that it seemed like there I, were. I enjoy the sequence of them sneaking around and killing guys and planting explosives because it goes on a long time. It You're does right. A long, long time. Yeah, they do plant a lot of explosives. No, but I was going to say this team has a habit of just pulling weapons out of thin air. They do that all the time. I don't know if you noticed. In, no. in uh, the truck, in the bulletproof truck, when the action sequence starts, like, oh no, we're being shot at by guys. And then Jet Li suddenly just has a machine gun and it's, it's like, where would that machine gun come from? Was I in the glove that. box? Are you serious? Yeah, he just pulls a machine gun out of nowhere. They weren't carrying guns. They weren't planning to be attacked. They were, t- they were out for a drive. <laughs> you know? Where did the machine gun come from? Well, in a bulletproof truck. Yeah, they're mercenary. He probably has it in the glove box. Like for It's, it's not, like having a GPS in there. Right. But, I mean, that, that just seems like this movie, you know, they, they can liberal. magically. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they have so many. Uh, I just, I, I just the, the hold that this is in 20 minutes, and he gives a time, too. I'm like, when was any of this discussed, and why well, is this relevant? Well, that's the thing is, later they have, like, a detonate. They manually set off the explosive, right? Yep. It was like, yes. blow it or whatever. Yeah, because they're, they're waiting. Oh, is she out? Is she out? Yes. Right. So, so it's not on a timer. Because that's what I thought at first. I was like, oh, okay, in 20 minutes, the thing's going to blow up. they got to get out of there. That's not it at all. 20 (laughs) minutes would be a long, long time, too, in terms of a fuse. Well, they got to give themselves enough. I don't know. I literally don't know what those 20 minutes are. Like, I guess. I I think it's just an art. I think that there's a scene that got cut or something that established some reason it needed to be in that amount of time. Well, I think it seems like the division of labor on these guys is Stallone's going to go find Sondra and rescue her while they they plant explosives, right? Because he's sneaking around in a catacomb. Yeah. And, like, he's turning off lights, I guess, to, like, cover their escape later or whatever. But he's not he's not involved in the sneaking around, killing guys, planting explosive stuff. So he's just sneaking through a tunnel. And then he finds her, and I think maybe he just thinks 20 minutes is how long I'll need to get her out of there. And then It could be. Maybe. Yeah, before yeah. an alarm goes up or something. Yeah, that they, rec- they realize something. I don't know. It just seemed out of place to me. Right. Here's the thing that I don't understand. How did he even know that she had been captured, let alone where she was? Last time he saw her, she was free as a bird. You're right. He didn't even know she was captured. He goes right for her cell as if he knew where she was. And even Gunner, when Gunner was there, that was before she had been captured. Yeah, that's there really isn't an establishment there. <laughs> no. It's, that's weak. He, there's no reason. He just goes right for it. Yeah, Maybe there was a cut scene where he like, talks to the locals and they fill him in and say, like, oh. 
at four o'clock she's gonna be executed. So we have twenty minutes. You gotta to get save there her. at three. It's three thirty-six. So you've only got twenty minutes to oh, give yourself right. four it's minutes. A, it's to not spare. even a round number. She's no. gonna be executed at three fifty-six a.m. I'm pretty sure he says three thirty-six. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine I took a wrong note on no, that. No, yeah, you're right. He does. He does so, I mean, it's a very specific time. Yeah, that, that's bizarre. But she's gonna be executed at three fifty-six. <laughs> yeah, that can't be it. Who the hell knows? It made sense to Stallone when he wrote it, I'm sure, but it doesn't make sense now. <laughs> Who knows? So, I mean, you, you effectively now have two kind of long action sequences, right? You got them, this montage of them setting up all of these explosives. Yeah. And then you get two things going on. You get this, like, fist fight with Terry, not Terry Crews, with Steve Austin and Stallone. Right. And then you got these guys. I, I just have in here somewhere, this is maybe in the next page of my notes. Terry Crews is a wrecking crew. It's the wrecking crews. It is just amazing. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> what a, his body count is. It's a this. Fun, it's a fun moment. I mean, it, it's obvious they thing, saw this and went like, let's just make the next movie just this the whole time. And there, I think somebody makes a, a reference of how loud it is. That that gun is outrageously loud. Yeah, I mean, he, he even says it like, oh, when you hear this thing, everyone goes running, which is literally true because Stallone and Steve Austin are fighting, and then Terry Crews starts shooting guys, and Steve Austin just runs away like he just. <laughs> scampers off yeah. as soon as he hears this gun so it's like oh terry cruz was right is he when you hear this gun you go running yeah but this gun is so powerful it literally can destroy a watchtower no i think that's the explosive thing that he's talking about his uh do you think so yeah all oh, the the grenade the, his, his the girlfriend, girlfriend that he's okay. talking about yeah he's it's he's it's, got two weapons it's like a, it, it can fire shotgun shells or it can fire like these explosive okay they're the size of shotgun shells but they've got a primer on it uh, it's like a something. um a, a rocket launcher or something like yeah that. i think that's justified they're not trying to claim that the shotgun blew okay. up those towers i my my interpretation was it was the shotgun shells i'm like what accelerant or explosive is in those shotgun shells that yeah. makes more sense now I, I, what do you think about jet lee's fight with the the like, sub henchmen i actually think that's one of the best fights it's, if, if it, not the best fight i was gonna say it's probably the best and the most plausible i think i <laughs> i don't like the steve austin i, I no it's just boring it's just a lot of wrestling moves. Wrestling, yeah. <laughs> Understandably why, but it's just it's like, eh, it's kind of like. Although Barney Ross does like a crazy luchador move. You know? He does like a no. he does like a triple flip around his shoulders. And it, really? It's like a, yeah. He does a crazy oh, no, wrestling not, move. I, yes, that he then, he, he, well, it's almost like an ultimate fighting move if, if what I'm, I'm thinking of. He like flips onto his back and around. It, it would be cool if it wasn't for the fact that it seems so out of place. <laughs> it's like Barney it? Ross is like the, you know, he has the guy who really what he's known for is just being, and so I have this in there. I'm just going to get there. All I could think of in the sequence with Barney with his pistol when, he's, when, when you get to the point where he's finally out of machine gun ammo. Is nah shooting. Try another one <laughs> from Mad Dog. McC- yeah, Mad from Mad Dog McCree. McCree. I mean, what, what, what was the context? I remember him using the gun, but I don't remember. Oh, because I mean, he, I mean, he just like fires off like twenty rounds in like a second of how fast he is with his pistol. Right. So all I could think of was Mad Dog McCree. Each time he did, he pulled that move where he shot guys outrageously fast. Nah, shooting. Try another. One. Are you talking about the one with the with the automatic pistol? Because I think that's actually really cool. So he's got a revolver. It's like a. He's, that's it's what I'm like talking his, about. Is the revolver, and then he. I mean, I think he fans he's, it. Yeah, he. I think he. It's him. It's not an automatic weapon. It's a pistol. 
Yeah, there's definitely a moment some at some point in the sequence where he uses that revolver. That comes up more often than two and three, where like that's his like his, his yeah, it's his signature signature weapon. Yeah, he's motioning on the hammer to go that fast. I'm like, there's no way that's beyond yeah, you know, ridiculous. He's a mercenary. I, I, I no, think it's cool. So what I'm saying is, what it made me think of was from our childhood in Mad Dog McCree. It was well, every every time he did it was nah shooting, trying to. Well, this is the closest that Stallone's ever going to get to be a cowboy because they're yeah. never going to cast him in an actual western. No. You know, he'd be so cowboy, cowboy, cowboy arm. Arnold, but not Cowboy Yeah, Cowboy Stallone. Arnold, this giant Austrian, even he is less out of place than Stallone. <laughs> not a lot of Italians in the Old West, I think, because, you know, just say, hey, I'm, here to, you know, I'm here to arrest you, Black Bart, or whatever. You know, I can't imagine him as a cowboy. Neither can I. Yeah, so anyway. I, mean, I don't have anything specific, because, I mean, there's just really a lot of bodies that pile up in different methods. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about this action sequence, because there's just not a lot of creativity to it. It's just a lot of guys shooting guns, running around, shooting more guns. And- it's not that it's bad, but it doesn't feel cartoonish enough to me, where it's fun, like Commando, where you have the guys... <laughs> That are doing backflips that it's clear that there was a trampoline there. Right. You've got the one that you and I love where it's clear that the building explodes, but they are just literally mannequins from like a department store. Oh, yeah, yeah. In commando, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's so amazing. Yeah. yeah it's not this because this is a bigger budget and a more you know serious movie. Oh, it's so, all well made. Like, yeah. I think it's it's pretty well done, but there's just nothing. It goes on for a while and there's just not, there's not enough of a progression to it. Like, you want the stakes to be constantly being raised, and it's just, you know, when the, when the sequence begins, they're trying to stop Eric Roberts from getting away in the helicopter, and then five minutes go by, and they're still trying to stop Eric Roberts from getting on the helicopter. It's like nothing, over the course of the sequence, there needs to be something that's escalating it, and but nothing I, is happening. What I will say, I do, I, I love the shot put of... Oh, yes. That was my favorite. That's the one scene I remember because it's I just. so amazing. I love that so much. It was it's so absurd. But what, so what's the amazing. dialogue? He's just like, what, what's that? And he's like a bomber. And he's like, what do you want me to do with it? Throw it as hard as you can. <laughs> so great. When Terry Crews wants to be, he is. I mean, like he's Arnold times 10. Like everything that's funny about Arnold, it, Terry Crews, is, he takes it to another level. The concept that they put pen to paper and said, we're going to have basically a tank munition. We're going to have Terry Crews throw a tank munition, and then Stallone is going to shoot at it, and it's going to blow up a helicopter. Yeah, that is That is straight out of Last Action Hero. Yeah, and that's the thing, is this sequence needed more moments like that. Yes. It's just a lot of guys shooting. The the other moment I liked is when Terry Crews blows up the tower, and Jason Statham is right underneath it, and he's just like, oh, God, and he has to run away. (laughs) Let's get out of here. They should have built that into a moment of just like, hey, you you almost killed me. Because even actually earlier in the movie, there's a moment like that where Stallone saves Statham. He's like, you could have shot me. Yeah. They could have done that again, except this time he blew up a whole tower and almost landed on him. You know, no, make it into a comedy moment. I think that the, they save those only for Barney and, and Lee is the problem. But I, I agree with you. I think it would have been great to have it uh, for the wrecking crew of Terry Crews. Yeah. The this, this sequence is long and kind of samey, but like I, I mean, the general it, got shot. Eric Roberts like, kind of decided. The time was... Uh, the time was eminent to depose the, the dictator and take over. But is he taking over? He's just trying to get away at this point, right? Well, he's got the money, and yeah. He's, he's just decided he's cashing out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though his crops didn't grow. He was so upset there's no crops. How long has he been in charge here? It doesn't seem like that long. How much money could he have possibly gotten away with? Well, there was only one bag, so I'm not sure how much it could have really been. Right, yeah, that's true. And then I, here's my, my other question. I assume that there are U.S. dollars in there, right? He's not taking whatever the local currency is, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. Yeah, this country seems small enough they probably use foreign the currency. Yeah, yeah it's, the dollar or the, the peso or, or something. Something, yeah, yeah, some other. They don't have their own currency, I'll bet. 
Who knows? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been funny, though, if that's really what it was filled with? And, you know, Robert survives and he gets to where he was going. He's like, oh, oh, crap. Right. All he it's like the end, end of the treasure of Sierra Madre. Or it's just it's all worthless. It's all, yes. It all blows away. Yeah. I get, who ends up with that money? I, I didn't even think about that. I think the money gets blown up. Doesn't Does it, it get blown up? I think so. Oh, okay. Was it on the helicopter? I don't know. I think it makes it. I don't know if he makes it to the helicopter. I don't remember, but I, I took it as that it got destroyed. I don't think there's any money to, to um, redeem. Yeah. Uh, there's a fight between uh, Randy Kocher and Stone Cold, which I don't know if there's much to talk about there. No, Seems I, like a weird matchup at the end. I, yeah, because to me, I mean, you've already had it, but it's like it shouldn't even be Stallone or Statham. It shouldn't be. Yeah. He's like he's barely had a presence in this movie, Randy Kocher, and it's like. It's basically been the the cauliflower ears and every once in a while talking about therapy. And yeah, now all of a sudden... He gets to be the one that takes down Steve Austin. Yeah. I did write down that Stone Cold was undone by his nemesis, Heat. Because <laughs> he gets on fire. I did. I did. I kind of like that. The CGI fire is bad. It's definitely... There's some. There's a lot of CGI squibs and fire and effects that... It's not terrible. It doesn't like jump out like, ooh, that looks t- bad. But if you really look at it, it's like... It, it doesn't look great. You know, in 2010, it was state-of-the-art special effects that now is aging kind of badly. Poorly. It's, it's, you know, it's not terrible. So I, I also did have one of the things that bothered me is that there's that, like, cavern um, with... It's basically... It literally is the firewall. And somehow Stone Cold, he throws what I think is a pretty flimsy door, and I took it that it's a door made of wood to basically be a bridge oh, over yeah. that cavern. I'm like, right. how did that not think, think that just engulf in flames? Well, it, it, it really points out how narrow, like, they could have just jumped through those flames. Like, it's oh, not. Oh, that too? I didn't even think about it. It's just a door. Right. What is that? Eight feet at most? You're not, you're just barely going to get seen. It's not like it's like a thick wall of fire. It's not like it's eight feet wide. It's just like, yeah, it's like six inches wide fire. I like this scene. Hey, my, Homer, how come you got money to burn or a singe at least? <laughs> I mean, I don't, like that. So, but you, you look at that, a few hairs like it burned on his leg. Yeah, you look at that fire and she's like, I could jump. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I would mind jumping through that fire. Even in the shape you're in, you think you could make it? You just jump through. You're, you're on fire for like a fraction of a second. The wind would put you out before you get really caught. And if, and if you did, you just pat it out. You know, I, I'm sure. I mean, definitely you'd survive it. And you wouldn't even be that harmed. If your life is at stake, these guys are trying to kill it, me. It's worth these the risk. Unstoppable army of mercenaries. This, well, my army can't stop them. You know, there's six guys. Right. And there's a tiny wall of flame between me and Escape. <laughs> I'm taking my chances hey, against the wall jump, of fire. Jump to the fire. Don't wait for Steve Austin to go find you a door. <laughs> Honestly. That's good. Yeah, so uh, this is the final speech where Eric Roberts tells him. Barney finally catches up and he's like, we're the same. We're both mercenaries. Yeah, I, and he's got Sandra as a hostage. I don't, that's the thing. Is I, I, I think in my walking away from this, I was blaming Eric Roberts, but I just I don't think there's much to the character. And maybe he still wouldn't have been good, I don't know, with better material, but there's just not. This isn't a good villain. No, I mean, you needed, some, you needed an actor who was going to bring something, add something extra to the part. And yeah, Eric Roberts is just... So he's standing on his marks and reading the lines. He's not bringing anything to it. No. He's not bad, but he just, you needed someone who's going to give it a little bit. Yeah, extra. so I don't know. This ending was kind of, eh, it was okay. It's literally overkill. <laughs> Barney shoots him, and then a knife comes out of his chest. It's just like, okay. It's, I get that you want to have the death of the villain be spectacular, but. It was way over the top. And yeah, I, and not earned. We no. don't hate this guy enough to really want to see him. That's the problem. Like, I hate. It, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I hate Van Damme way more in the next movie than I do this guy. Yeah, sure. I, it's, it's just not there, so I, that's kind of a bummer. It's just to get, get a joke of just like, I killed him, no, I killed him, they want to argue about 
who actually got the kill. Obviously, it was Stallone. I gave, I gave it to Stallone. I would on my count. But so that here's, <laughs> the, the, the bullets killed him. The knife. He yeah. was already dead by the time that knife hit him. I agree. But yeah, back back in L.A. and they're celebrating. Yeah, that's basically the that's the basically movie. the movie. Here's what I really want to know. I want to know your body count on this thing. Okay, you don't want me to recite the poem that uh, <laughs> I wrote down. The poem that uh, did you Statham? They end this movie with the worst poem ever. It's written. terrible. It's almost a limerick, but then it bails out at the last minute. <laughs> what, what, let, let's hear it because it can't take <laughs> okay, that long. Well, I was I was kidding, but I went okay. This is Jason Satham talking. I once knew a man named Tool. To me, he was the epitome of cool. He was good with a knife, so bad. bad with a wife. But to think he could beat me, see, not, he ruined the limerick. <laughs> but to think he could beat me, dreaming he'd defeat me. Cool Tool, you gotta be a fool. <laughs> so bad. It's the worst poem. Do you think in the running of bad movie poems? Do you, do you think that's scripted? It's not improvised. You think Stallone wrote that? I think he wrote that. That's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's such a strange way to end this movie. So with the end, I want to know the okay. body count on yeah, this thing. Body count. Do you have like charts and graphs for me on this? Let me flip over to my official body count. Oh, you do. Okay, before I before I bring it up. So you think this is not going to be over Commando? Commando at 106 total. I'm gonna guess it's under 106. Okay. Total body count, 162. Oh Blows Commando out of the water. Do you think Expendables 2 has more than that? I can't really remember. I know Chuck Norris is an absolute wrecking crew yeah. when they're pinned down. But yeah. I'll bet it has more because there are multiple sequences. Like That opening sequence, I'll bet, has 50 at least. Probably. There's a lot. You're right. The that- sequence where Chuck Norris shows up. He takes out a tank. You know, like, <laughs> Chuck Norris is that. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about. That. I mean, he he'll. Well, it's going to be tough to beat Arnold and Commando, who killed ninety nine people himself. So uh, nobody reaches that. And be, there's a whole team here, so it gets spread out a little bit. So yeah. you can see total body count. Statham wins it with fifty. Wow, fifty for Statham. Statham. That's why I was very surprised. That end sequence where. Stallone is fighting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Jet Li is fighting a guy by hand. And then Statham is just going around just murdering people. So that's, that's <laughs> well, a big part of it. There was a run there for a while, though, because I had this in my notes. I, I didn't want to do it in detail. But there was a run for a while where I just had, they seemed to want to pace it where Jet Li kills two. Now Statham kills two. Now Stallone kills two. Oh, really? Yeah, there, it was like, a, it, to me, I had it where it was a pacing where they each got two and it rotated for a little <laughs> while. But then you're right, then all of a sudden Terry Crews came in and started destroying stuff, yeah. and Statham just, <laughs> just murdering guys. Well, Terry Crews is second with 34, and pretty much all of that is in that one sequence. I have yes. it broken down 27 by that shotgun, <laughs> and then Omaya Kaboom gets four from those towers. <laughs> so see, the towers I had a hard time, because you could see like there were bullet fires, so you and it looked like two, so I assumed right. two, but I'm like, there's probably some other guys up in there that you don't know about. But, but only two confirmed. You see, yeah, yeah, you see the flash of two guns. Yeah, so I, I only, flash. I only, there were two towers you took out, two guys in each, so that's four. Okay, so next is Stallone with 28. I uh, would have thought that was higher. Yeah, he doesn't, I mean, even in that sequence where it's just him and Statham on the island and they're escaping, Statham gets more kills there. I mean, certainly he gets most of the kills shooting the machine gun out of the plane. Like, he's, yes. he's mowing guys down there. Look at that. You, I like that you put Arnold on this list just to give him a goose egg. He's, I mean, he's, he's in the movie, and you know we, we've been counting his kills so just, for posterity. Confirmed. He was too busy running for president. Yes. So, anyways, fourth, next is just ambiguous. There are a lot of kills where it's like, it's not clear who killed. Yeah. You know, the opening sequence in the boat where it's like, there's, there's no way to know. A bunch of guys are shooting, a bunch of guys are falling down. So, 25... 
Expendable kills not assigned to any, anyone in particular. So if you gave all of them to Stallone, he could beat Statham. Yeah, but there's no way he got all I, of those. I, I, mean, I, don't, I agree with you. Um, and then who's next? That's 25. Jet Li had 12. Kucher had 6, which is very low. Is it Kucher or Kucher? I've been saying Kucher. I think time. it's Kucher. But. Okay. And then coming up last on the Expendables crew is Dolph Lundgren, who only gets one confirmed kill. Because he wasn't allowed to hang that pirate. He would have gotten two if he could hang the pirate. No, isn't there a guy in the SUV with him that he kills? I, I, Were you not cur- counting I didn't bad count guy, guy on bad guy? Actually, we, we kind of skipped over that sequence, but what did he do to that guy? He, like, smooshes his face into the heater or something, right? Yeah, I thought he was dead, but whatever. You, you want me to add one to this? No, I, you don't have to. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't really count any bodies in that sequence because he's... Most of them are car accidents, and you don't know for 100%. They're relatively mild. It takes him yeah. out, of the, out of the chase, chase. but... I think the guy inside the cab with him, I, don't, I think he's no longer with us. Okay, I'll add, so 163 then. I'll add it and to Dolph the gets up to two. Do- <laughs> double his body count. I'll, I'll put, like, face smush, <laughs> a heater face smush. That's just because, like, I don't even know what he was doing there. He smushes his face into, like, the vent, and his face comes away looking like it was placed on a grill. <laughs> what did he even do? What's happening? I don't know. Stallone has a bulletproof truck, and uh, you know uh, Dolph Lundgren has a grill in his car that, that he can murder people with. Apparently so. Okay, but 163—that's this is a lot of bodies. I'll, yeah. I'll bet two will have more. I'll bet you're probably right. Two. I wouldn't, have, I, as I guessed that Commando was higher. I would not have guessed anywhere near 163. I would have guessed 80. Yeah, I mean, it's just that last sequence is just <laughs> shot after shot after shot after it's shot. It's just after guys shot dropping, guys you're dying. Right. Yeah, so I mean. I mean, it's also, I think, a lot of time has passed since Commando. Like, the stakes have been raised. In 2010, even Commando seems tame. Compared so what to- you'd say, though, is age-adjusted, right? Commando still probably has percentage of kills in its era. It probably beats this movie. Oh, yeah, compared to its contemporaries, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely higher. Well, also, there's something to be said about quality of kills. There's no Sully being dropped off of a cliff. You know what I mean? There's no let off some steam. There's nothing like that in this movie. There's no touchdown. Kill. No, there's no touchdown. You know what I mean? Like even the guys who are getting flipped from grenades and you know being launched off of catapults. I'm know. sure that that actor's dead. Can I say this? If they had found the actor who played Henrique and made him the despot of this, <laughs> that would have been so great. I would have loved it. I'd be on board for that. Why do you assume he's dead? That guy wasn't that old. Probably, I don't know. He's probably in his 40s, right, at the time. Yeah, probably. He's probably in his late 60s. He's probably as old as Stallone <laughs> or Arnold for that matter. I would have loved Henrique being the, no, the, yeah, but wearing what I'm saying, wearing <laughs> the Henrique as clothes. the same character. Absolutely. <laughs> right. the same character. He didn't actually die. He wasn't actually dead tired. He went on to work for He just these guys. was legitimately resting. <laughs> All right. That was fun. I, you know, I, I think this movie is better than I remember being. Still not great. You know, yeah, it and it has tone problems. I think your recommendation of don't bother maybe was a little bit much, but I didn't enjoy it. But it's not a bad movie. I, I just, I wanted, I really like two, and that's what I wanted out of this assembly of 80s action stars. That's what I wanted. Two hits the sweet spot, I think, yeah. for sure. I mean, this isn't Rambo, but it's more it's more Rambo than it is Last Action Hero, and I wanted, or Demolition Man, maybe is a better, is a first alone. It's way more Rambo than it is Demolition Man, and I'd rather Demolition Man. Well, it's funny, because you say, I know what you mean by when you say it's way more Rambo, but, you know, funnily enough, the first Rambo is not that Rambo. It's like Rambo only becomes Rambo later in the series, and I think the same is true here. Yeah, it starts off at a relatively realistic place, so it's funny that this is kind of the same. Where I, this is what people want to see, you yeah. know. As, you know, as, as interesting as first Give blood them what is, they want. As, as interesting as first blood is, is like an examination of this uh, 
Vietnam soldier who has PTSD. In the end, people just want to see Rambo go kill people. So you know what? Well, I, I, you know, next episode, we'll do Expendables 2, and we'll see this crew just having fun. And Oh, it is amazing. Yeah, more Arnold in that one for sure, which is a nice bonus. And, uh, and more Bruce Willis as well. So more of both. Eh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <sighs> so that's the It's show. only because I know you're going to get annoyed. That is the show, and I'm uh, I'm pr- I'm pretty excited. This is this is fun to do, kind of as a I don't know, bonus episode, whatever we're calling them. I think this is a good it's a mini, good segue. Let's call it a mini season. Yeah, three episodes. We're gonna do the Expendables. You know, it didn't make sense to do them in our main run of Arnold movies. So. No, because we said cameos, and this this clearly fills in his cameo. Yeah, this is he's barely. He may as well not even bothered. Yeah, it's. I think it's only because Stallone kind of shot his mouth off and promised like. I want to make a movie with me and Arnold and about all the '80s action stars. It's like, well, we got to sneak them in just so we can claim that Live we, to, we lived yeah. up to our promise. Um, but yeah, so next time we'll be Expendables too. We don't know when it'll be, but I don't even know when we're going to put this up. We got to talk about we'll how, how quickly out. to put this one up. We'll figure that out. But, but we'll—I uh, don't know if we're still going to say we'll be back, but that's what we're going to. Well, our next episode is going to be Expendables too. Yeah, is there some kind of line in the Expendables that we could use? <laughs> we, we've. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> This episode has expended itself. We'll return. I don't know. The Expendables 2. Expendables 2. <laughs> Whatever. Guess who just got back today? The wild eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around, how you was, where you could be found. Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy